You're listening to the Boogeyman's Closet Podcast. Explicit language and spoilers ahead. You've been warned. We are back for yet another episode of the Boogeyman's Closet. As always, I am Mike Alvarez. Unfortunately, Maurice and Susie cannot join me today, but I do have two very special guests joining me. Hey, it's Mike from Count Creepyhead. Thank you for joining me, Mike. And also, the main reason we are here today... Hey, it's the Strasburg from Raised by Rentals. Woohoo! And this is uh, this is Josh's birthday Patreon picks. That's the whole reason we're here. Um, so it's a very special episode. But Josh, why don't you tell us what movie we're watching? Well, it is an absolute classic banger. Wait, oh, no, sorry. It's a different movie. Sorry. I, I was looking at something else. No, it's... <laughs> it, it's a questionable classic from the 80s known as Pulse. Yes, indeed. The Joey Lawrence, Joey and Matthew Lawrence vehicle. Um, Whoa. <laughs> from, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of that, I'm sure. Uh, from 1988, it's an hour and 31 minutes. This is one of the rare PG-13 movies that we covered um, and directed by Paul Golding, who has only done this. He's written several things, but he's only directed this. Yeah, um, but the things he wrote were, you know forgettable and pointless so he's basically hey. only done this pretty much yeah <laughs> I, I think it shows <laughs> i mean to be fair we have we have at least uh you know one pretty damn good actor in this movie uh playing the dad or bill uh with cliff de young uh who we would know from shock treatment the hunger flight of the navigator uh murder she wrote dr giggles uh the robocop tv series carnosaur 2 which I will argue is better than Jurassic Park. Um, <laughs> and of like course, a rant waiting to happen. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and of course, the craft. Um, we also have Ellen, played by Roxanne Hart. She was in Highlander, Dream On, Chicago Hope, ER, Oz, and Medium. Uh, David, played by Joey Woe Lawrence. Uh, he was in Blossom, obviously. Brotherly Love, Urban Legend, Final Cut, which will be on the show one day. And Melissa and Joey. Then we have Stevie, played by Matthew Lawrence, who was in Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, which we saw recently. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, Brotherly Love, and Boy Meets World. And finally, we have The Old Man, played by Charles Teener. Uh, he was in The Outlaw, Josie Wells, Evil Speak with Clint Howard. We were talking about Clint Howard off the air. Um, <laughs> Hamburger, the motion picture, if you guys remember that gem. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Um. We're just going to go around the table here and see what everyone thinks. Josh, we have to start with you. Obviously, it's your birthday pick. Uh, so why did we watch this movie? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're probably asking, like, why did you make me watch this movie? <laughs> <laughs> you know, side note, I didn't even realize that Roxanne Hart was on Dream On. I used to fucking love that show. Dude, I don't know why too. my parents let me watch it when I was fucking 12 but oh. it was a good show did you guys like the dream on roulette of will there be boobs in this episode let's find oh. out oh, of oh, course, of course. <laughs> it, it was one of those shows where i started watching it because there was boobs in the first episode and i was mm -hmm. like hooked on like oh sweet like you know boobs in prime time and then i just got into the story <laughs> yep yeah 
I, I loved how he would always like have those little imagination flashbacks of the old timey movies. Like that just, I thought that was fucking hilarious as a kid. And I, I love that show. I think that's how our brains work now. <laughs> it, it totally is, dude. <laughs> that's why we do these shows. I know. Every Except time we I go say, to the eighties instead of the fifties. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Whenever I'm having coming a conversation with my kids, like when my voice changes like tone a little bit, they're like, Oh, what old stupid movie are you quoting now? <laughs> 37. <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> oh man. So yeah, pulse. So I made you guys watch pulse because so, okay. This is kind of a funny story. It, the short answer is that it's one of those horror movies I used to watch when I was a kid all the time that I was really into, like The Gate, which was my my last. I think that was my previous Patreon pick. Um, and I, I think The Gate kind of holds up, but it was just like a weird, like, kids horror movie. And mm-hmm. that that's exactly what Pulse is, too. It was a horror movie that I watched as a kid. I, we must have taped it off at HBO or Showtime. I'm sure that I had it on a VHS. Like like most of the movies from this era that I've seen a thousand times, it's because I had them readily available to like pop in when I had nothing else going on. And yeah, I, I, there was something about the the voice in the wire, like the pulse that is the <laughs> the weird villain in this movie. It's like literally like the electricity is haunted. <laughs> <laughs> Which would have been a better fucking explanation than what we yeah. got. Yes. I know. They I explain ex- it really badly. I would have 100% accepted the electricity is haunted and then never any more explanation. That would have been better than what they explained. I know, right? It always oh. makes me think of that uh, think of that comic book, Tarot, which is a black rose. There's this <laughs> famous scene. It's a meme online where it's like, look out, your vagina is haunted. <laughs> I have that panel saved on my phone. It's been saved on my phone for about 10 years. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, oh. man. The comic's not fun to read. I tried, but, but, no, uh, no. but yeah. I, and I watched Pulse recently, and I got to say, like, I enjoyed it again this time. I definitely, you know, saw how it dragged a bit, and it wasn't as exciting as it was when I was a kid. But I watched it with Tegan, who was 16, and yeah, they were kind of like, okay getting a little bit bored, like, let's get to the good stuff. But once the the weird, like, you know, haunted uh, sparks and stuff started showing up, the voice in the wires, uh, Tegan was kind of getting into it. Not so much when the when the humans were on the screen, but, like, you know, <laughs> when there was, like, you know, weird uh, arc lights and electricity jumping from the pole, it was like, oh, shit, like, what is all this? Because they didn't know what was happening, and I think that they were expecting some kind of, like, entity or monster or villain to show up, you know, but was just kind of enjoying the atmosphere of it. And so I think that that's what I liked as a kid. There was something about... It, it the the you know bad guy or the slasher or whatever in this movie is really just all atmosphere it's all mm-hmm. creep factor and yeah it's just one of those things that stuck in my head and to the point where you know 20 something years ago when i was in a band we we wrote a song called yep. the the voice in the wire after this which I, I went back recently and i reread my lyrics and i'm like god it's the most like melodramatic goth bullshit <laughs> <laughs> Ah, the oh. angsty teen years. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I, I don't think it holds up very well. But I was it was still fun to watch, you know, from a, again a nostalgic perspective. And watching yeah. Tegan watch it was fun, like seeing someone see it for the first time. So yeah, I, I think there's there's still some value in this movie. I just think if they took this concept and made a better movie, it mm-hmm. it would have been awesome. 
I, I can agree with that. Like, I'm not going to flat out say that I hated this. I'm not going to say I enjoyed it. Um, but I agree that the concept, there's something that there's, there's, there's legs, maybe a raised by rentals, who knows? Um, but Mike, let's toss it over to you. What are your thoughts on this movie? (sighs) (laughs) All right. Roll credits. So (laughs) sorry. I was not expecting the sigh. I have watched (laughs) Mike, how many horror movies do you think you've seen in your lifetime? Oh, Jesus Christ. I probably at least a thousand. Let's yeah. Okay. Let's just say I've seen a thousand horror movies in my life. Right. Mm. Um, I've seen killer cars, killer dolls, a killer condom, a killer couch, a killer Christmas tree, killer pants, killer bed, <laughs> killer bed. In all my years, I never thought I'd see a movie about a killer telephone pole. <laughs> Here we are. Um, like you guys, I watched this when I was a kid, and I must not have paid attention completely. Mm-hmm. Because my memory of this, memory is a funny thing. I created an entirely different movie in my head. Same. Um, because when I was watching this, I was like, where's that part that nope, not this one. Uh nobody's hand gets mangled in uh garbage disposal. Mm-hmm. It's nope. teased. Um, and I've never seen <laughs> a horror movie that like you know, you think it's gonna follow all the traditional stereotypes of like the parents are ignoring the kid, they don't believe him, and he's the only one that knows what's going on. No, they believe him the whole time. Mm-hmm. And everybody does the right thing for the most part. And nobody dies. And the worst thing that happens is a lady gets burnt in the shower. Some hot water. Yeah. That's, that's pretty yeah, gnarly, and, though. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's just like, it's over. And you're like, that's that's it? What a, yeah. what a nothing burger. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and... It's white bread, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Completely. And as a, like, as a kid, I did not understand electricity. Mm. So it was very plausible, the things that are happening in the movie. To me, as an adult, every three minutes, I was like, that's not how, how that works. No, that's not how this works. Right. Uh, <laughs> I, I liked one scene. Mike, you probably love that scene, too. Oh, little Stevie playing with G.I. Joe's. Yeah. You know, um, I thought, you know, it's weird. There's like some kid actors are pretty damn good. And then they grow up and suck like Corey Feldman. Uh, I thought Joey Lawrence was fine. Like Mm -hmm. a very believable world weary kid. Yeah. But like I. At any point, I was just like, just get out of the damn house. And like they pretty much like do. It's yeah. Again, I, I don't. What the fuck? What a forgettable, like, I have zero desire to ever watch this ever again. <laughs> I can't recommend it to anybody. There's no moment, like, you got to watch it for this one part. It's really cool. No. <laughs> it, it doesn't have any moments. Like, I think whoever made this did not understand the basic fundamentals of how to make a horror movie. It's right. a movie. If you're it, a kid, you want a kid protagonist. Yeah. Yes. Like he doesn't get to do anything fun. It almost has a made-for-TV movie quality to it. It does. 
Yeah, I was about to say the same thing, too, especially since, as you mentioned, nobody dies in the movie. There's a scene where a character is dead and you briefly see their dead body, but they don't die. Like, you don't see any of it, you know? It's like off screen. There's no imminent danger. You have no idea of, like, how bad could it be? Like, you're this evil telephone pole is going to burn your toast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know? in, in defense of this, I'll say, I think, and we'll get there, Mike, but, like, I think when when it gets to, like, the climax of the movie and, and uh, uh, David and his dad are, like, quote-unquote trapped in the house and they're kind mm-hmm. of being attacked by things, I think that that scene for me makes the whole movie and it's all the things that I remember liking about this movie were in that one sequence, but it's oh, like, yeah. it just takes such a long time to get there that I think like, yeah, you get bored. And then after you spend like an hour kind of like learning who these characters are and like trying to learn this weird, weird backstory, the weird mythology of the voice in the wires. But like, so that when like you, they finally get to the good stuff, it's like, okay, like, I'm kind of bored. Like, can we just, you know, it's over now. But I still, I was getting bored watching it yesterday. Like, oh, shit. Like, this isn't as good as I remember. But mm-hmm. I still really, really enjoyed that big, like, climactic uh, sequence. I still think that that part, like, holds up. Yeah, no, that, I mean, that was fun. That definitely had had some fun moments. It could have been um, crazier. Yeah. Like, well, he now- left a saw plugged into the basement? <laughs> yeah. Like, he's kind of a moron, but he does the right thing. He's never like, I couldn't hate him. You're kind of supposed to. But he doesn't do the typical things that make you hate him. Like, he believes his son. Right. Like, I mean, yeah, he, I has the, the, he has the appropriate level of questioning that I think any parent uh, would have when their child is spouting some wackiness. Like, you know, the the, the toaster's trying to kill me and the dog's been laughing at me. Uh, yeah, something I mean, like, like that. <laughs> Every kid in the 80s had moments like that. Right. And and I mean, he definitely has the appropriate level of questioning it, but he still listens to his kid, which is, which is rare in a horror movie. So I, I, I do appreciate that. Um, but I, I wanted to ask, uh, Mike, you had mentioned that you felt this was a completely different movie, like you made up a different movie in your head. Oh, yeah. I did the same exact thing. There was a scene that I was remembering. Maybe you guys can help me remember what movie this is. But I I vividly remember a scene from an 80s movie, and I thought it was with a kid getting like being in a pool, like falling into a pool and, and something with the electricity where everything was being controlled by something. And the electronic pool cover started to close over him. And I don't yes. for the life of me remember what that is. I thought oh. it was this movie. No. <laughs> and I just watched it, too. Like. I, yeah, the only, that the only does other, sound familiar. The only other like electricity thing I can remember is Shocker, but I don't think it's that because I haven't seen Shocker in years either. Um, okay. No, it's it's a teenager, and the, they're under the pool cover and they're like beating on the cover and they think they're gonna drown, and then the love interest comes and saves them the last minute. Okay, see, I didn't even uh, remember that much. Oh god, yeah, like other movies bled into this movie to make a better movie in my mind. <laughs> So, like, yep. you know, you watch so much, you consume, like, consume so much media, you don't retain all of it, but you retain the cool parts, and then your brain is like, wow, this sucked. Let me take bits and pieces from other things and make it better. Mm-hmm. And it's like, in the movie I've been murmuring for my whole life of, I thought it was like a house of the future, 
that goes haywire and starts to try to kill the family. It's like hell. Yeah. From uh, Space uh, Space Odyssey. Space Odyssey. Or, but it's like the house AI one. tries to kill the family and nobody believes Joey Lawrence. And the mom or the babysitter drops her wedding ring into the trash, like the garbage disposal, and tries to get it. And it turns on and mangles her hand. <laughs> and Yeah, I remember that too. That's another movie that that happened in. And my brain took it out of that because you don't you don't get the te- you get the tease and it never delivers. Right. But I'd have to like go online and ask like what movie is this from? And they'd be like, oh yeah, that's from Halloween four, whatever. You know, and they're like, oh yeah. son of a bitch, you're right. You know, it's funny is you the fact that you called it Hell Nine Thousand because uh, I have several parts in my notes the the uh, power box on the telephone pole. You know, when it gets the red eye, I'm like, oh look, I'm Hell Nine Thousand now. <laughs> It, and it's, um, <laughs> it's such a boring reveal. Right. It's the broken power, like the power junction box on the telephone pole. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you know, I, I got to comment on this now just because you had brought it up with the uh, G.I. Joes, with uh, Stevie playing with the G.I. Joes. I wrote down, I was like, who needs to learn to play right, fucking noob? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like... First of all, why are Lifeline, Dial Tone, and Taurus manning the Terradrome computers along with Zorana? Why is Globulus <laughs> and Nemesis Enforcer fighting? And why are the Cobras attacking the Terradrome? And why does he call it the Terradome? And I wrote, learn to play, noob. <laughs> Obviously, I'm joking. But it's like... No wonder the like... whole neighborhood hates you, you dork. <laughs> but I was like... Wait a second, this is all wrong. My brain kind of scrambled for a moment. <laughs> um, but I, I got a comment. I, I I paused it so I could see what was there. And I noticed the Cobra Ballistic Battle Ball, the Pogo, um, the Coastal Defender, uh, two separate Croc Masters, uh, Tomax or Zaymot, I'm not sure which one, the Royal Guard, Scoop, and Crystal Ball, along with, as I mentioned, Lifeline, Dial Tone, Taurus, uh, and Zorana and Globulus and Nemesis Enforcer. So there was a lot of fun G.I. Joes in there. And yeah. Scoop, I was impressed because I'm like, oh, this movie came out in 88 and so did he. Like, that's interesting. Everybody <laughs> hates a... Scoop. Yeah, I mean, I always liked his design, but he wasn't a cool character. Um, but that, there was also uh, Snarl from uh, Transformers. There was a Dinobot on the coffee table. And one of the robots behind him when he was playing with the the G.I. Joes, I'm not 100% sure, but I think it was that Voltron version 3, the one where the three, like, you know, normal-looking robots clicked together to make one big robot. That's what it looked yes. like to me. <laughs> so, Josh, let me, let me get this right. It's your pick, your Patreon pick, and you're like, all right, what's a good kid-friendly horror movie that I loved as a kid? Oh, yeah, Pulse. Let me pick it, <laughs> and then I'll watch it later. Basically, yeah. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> All right. So I think you've got a, a, a big pool to pick from that I think at least would be more fun, even if it's not good, like Teen Witch. No, God, no. That's <laughs> you know, something. At least we could make fun of it. This didn't even have anything to, like, really make fun of. It, it's just. Top that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Now that's in my head. You, you want to get with me? You got to top that. Top that. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I have a few of, of Josh's uh, picks ahead of time that I had written down. I knew this and the Wraith were both on there. Yeah. Um, the Wraith I'm, I'm looking forward to because, like I said, off the air, I, I do like that one. And I thought I was looking forward to this because I remembered liking it. I, I mm-hmm. genuinely remembered liking it. Um, and believe it or not, you are not the first person to mention mention Pulse. Um, our, our mutual friend, uh, Lil Mike, <laughs> he... Uh, <laughs> He commented, when are you guys going to cover Pulse? Like one of the times we were talking about the show. And See? I was like, I was like, oh, one of these days. I was like, yeah, I forgot about that movie. And then like a couple months later, you had brought it up that you wanted to cover it. And I was like, sure. Yeah, let's do it. So, yeah. Well, it was you guys were doing the Tales from the Dark Side episode in the Boogeyman's Closet, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And talking with uh, Don and wait, Sam. Don and Sam both on that episode. Yeah. It's, yep. You know, I have a terrible memory, even though it was only a couple of months ago. And um, yeah, and it was like, I remember listening to this and then I commented on the follow up Raised by Rentals episode where I was like, damn it, I wanted to be on that episode because, you know, I love that fucking Gremlins uh, story with uh, with Ray Don Chong. And I love mm-hmm. fucking Christian Slater and and uh, and the Lawrence brothers. And I was like, and then I think you guys had mentioned Pulse on the show and I'm listening to the episode going, motherfucker, I loved that movie when I was a kid. <laughs> yep. And but just like with the gate, both of those for me were I'm going to pick them for the Boogeyman's Closet, not because it's like my favorite movie in the world and I want to talk about it. Like, you know, like when I begged you to get on Predator and like Friday the 13th Part 6, you know, <laughs> right? Where I was like, you better fucking invite me to those, damn it. Um, <laughs> but for me, it was like if I'm going to pick, I guess the way I approach the Patreon picks is it's an excuse for me to go back and revisit a movie that I used to watch all the time that I haven't seen in a while so that we can have something interesting to talk about. Like that was my approach to it. even with the Wraith. Like I've seen the Wraith relatively recently, but not recently enough where like, Oh, I've got it all in the back of my head. So I'm looking forward to getting to watch it again, you know, when, yeah. when my pick, and I have a few more that are on the list that are kind of like that. And I guess, yeah, that that's why I picked this because it was like, I remember the gate being awesome when I was a kid. It's still pretty cool. Doesn't quite hold up. I remember mm-hmm. being pulse being awesome when I was a kid. Does not hold up except for you know, like I said, that one like climactic sequence. And I think that's just kind of fun to talk about. You know, like the the disparity between what I thought was a good movie and <laughs> the kind of bullshit that we actually got. Oh, absolutely. Well, and and that's the thing. Like that's kind of how I mean my my birthday picks, which we should mention this. Like I know we've talked about this in the in the past, but Josh and I have the the same birthday. Um, so rather than doing my birthday pick and his birthday pick on the same day, we're going to be releasing uh, Josh's birthday pick on our birthday, and then my pick will just be the first episode of uh, February since I've picked all the movies that month. Um, but uh, yeah, like I picked VFW, not necessarily because it's my like favorite, you know, uh, favorite movie or anything or one of, one of my favorites. It's a really good movie, but just because it's a fun flick that I would like to cover. And I don't really know a category that I could stick it into other than uh, one we already covered, which was Against All Odds. And VFW sadly did not get any votes. Like, I think it got like two votes. Um so and like in previous years, like I picked Demon Knight, not not because like, again, it's not because it's my favorite movie, but because it, it fit the theme last year. And it's a movie that I would love to talk about. Um, so a lot of my birthday picks are the same way, just like picking something that it's like, oh, yeah, I want to I want to revisit that or I want to talk about that movie. Um, I think only once or twice have I picked movies that I really, really liked. And uh, one of those times I got shat on. So I haven't done that again. <laughs> Uh, because I picked Nightmare on Elm Street and it was like, hey, that's great. And one of my favorite movies. And then I picked It Follows and it was like, 
Um, <laughs> well, no. and maybe no. I just have ter- maybe I just have terrible taste in movies because, like, without you know, like, get, showing my whole fucking hand, like, I also would love to cover or be invited to be on the episode for Jaws two, which is one of those movies like Jaws four that people complain is an absolute stinker piece of shit, but I love it. Oh, and it, Jaws two has three. But I mean, like I said, I, I've I've had this debate so many times over the years of like, oh, it's just a copy of the first one. It was just like a fucking cash grab, you know, and I'm like, no, but it's such a great movie. And so, yeah, for me, it's like I'm not picking birthday picks because they're the best movie, but they're just like things I want to talk about. Oh, absolutely. Um, before we get into this, I just realized I never really gave my opinion on this. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I kind of have to agree with Mike on this one. In the sense of, in my memory, it was a much better film. Um, I really didn't enjoy my time with it this time around. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't hate it. I definitely can say that I've, I've seen much worse on this show. Uh, but because I did my normal thing of watching it multiple times before we record, uh, on the second watch when I was making my notes, I did repeatedly check the timestamp and was like, oh, Jesus Christ, there's like another hour. Like, <laughs> there, there was a lot of that. Um, but yeah, there there are moments that I thought were really cool, and there are a lot of boring moments to me. Um, it's it's definitely one of those kid friendly horror movies from the '80s, and it shows. Like you know, there there was a lot of stuff that they did with those types of movies where they kind of pulled their punches. Like you know, Mike mentioned, you know, there's not a lot of payoff, and that's true. Um, and they they did that a lot with the with those types of horror movies back in the '80s. Um, where it's like, we want to get the kids' eyeballs on it because, you know, ki- kids will get their parents to buy stuff. So come watch this movie. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and so they had plenty of, of uh, toys in there, I'm sure, that uh, Hasbro had, had their fingers in there somewhere. But, uh, so, yeah. So for anyone listening to this, it's like, like what the fuck are they talking about? Oh, before sorry, you get started, yeah. I brought up the Patreon pick thing because I had a question because I am a member of the Patreon. And this is a... Yes, this is a backdoor plug for people to become Patreon members because it's a great benefit. But the one rule you stick to is people have to have some way some way to watch this movie. Yes. Would you allow if I wanted to show a movie if it's not readily available if I bought the people viewing it DVD copies? <laughs> um I guess it depends. If it would make for a really great episode. But you wouldn't be able to like watch it at work. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to tell me off the air because I I don't uh, I don't know like you know what it is. I probably do, but we've talked about so many movies now. Yeah. I'm I'm drawing a blank. Um, I mean I wouldn't be opposed to it. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I I do like it if if the listeners can also find it. Um, just cause I've had a few people tell me before, like if they, they see what our upcoming episode is and it's a movie that they haven't watched, they'll try to seek out the movie and watch it before they listen to the episode. Um, I mean, not everybody does that, but I, I've definitely had a few listeners tell me that. So it's one of those things where it's like, I like to try to keep it in that vein, but occasionally we kind of throw that out the window, like with Dawn of the Dead, really the only way anyone could watch it at the time unless they owned it was on YouTube. And it wasn't the best cut on YouTube, but it was there. Yeah. Um, you know, and we, when we still covered that. So, I mean, like I said, there, there would be exceptions. Um, my, my real only rule is that, uh, that Scrooge isn't allowed on here. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a whole backstory for that. 
Um, but uh, so, yeah, so for anyone listening to this that has no idea what the fuck we're talking about, uh, the basic premise is uh, a, a young boy goes to visit his father and stepmother and ends up being menaced by a living, intelligent pulse of electricity that moves from house to house, terrorizing the residents within. Yeah. <laughs> That's... Hey, hey, man! They did it in Marvel Comics, and his name is the Living Lightning. Okay, and he's <laughs> an Iron Man villain, and has been one of his arch villains forever. Okay, so well, they also Wait, yeah. isn't it Living Shot. Laser? Well, they have those both. No, the Living Laser was was a villain who became an Avenger, but oh. it was also the Living Lightning. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, and they know. also they also <laughs> did it with Shocker, and Shocker is pretty fucking rad. So you know, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I I would still accept that uh, haunted electricity. That would have been a fine, that would have been a fine explanation. The one we if got is not it. You want a better haunted electricity movie, and don't watch this by any means because it does suck. Uh, Ghost in the Machine mm-hmm. actually delivers on that premise. Ghost in the Machine. I'm a, only familiar with the anime. The anime uh, Ghost in the Machine. Not Ghost, was it Ghost in the Machine? Shit, Mike, you keep talking. Let me consult okay. the phones. To close <laughs> I, was the say, I was like, oh, I'm not. Wait, that's sure. the that is the anime. Um, yeah, there's a movie where it kind of like Shocker, mm-hmm. where a criminal dies and his ghost goes into the wires. Oh God! It's from the early '90s. It's kind of around that time of Lawnmower Man, where everybody just gave up on life at horror <laughs> movies at the theater and stopped going. Wait, wasn't that kind of the premise for House Three, the horror show? Like no, the House- guy die and go into a high, I, I can't yeah, remember it's now. it's called ghost in the machine from 1993 karen allen's in it huh let me read you the premise know. an electrical surge causes a serial killer's soul to end up in a computer system but it's it's more like he you know terrorizes you with appliances and stuff it's kane from robocop 2 um <laughs> ghost in the machine yeah there oh yeah there it is okay if you saw the cover, you'd be like that movie. Well, see now, yeah. watching. Now yeah. I have to join you both and 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 look this up. Yeah, I'm looking at it and I'm like, yeah, like for sure, this looks vaguely familiar. And like when I wrote the really like terrible goth lyrics to that song back in the day, the chorus was me just yelling the demon in the machine over and over again, which kind of smacks of ghost in the machine more than the voice in the wires. Right. So I wonder if if I've seen this. And just don't remember it, or like, like, huh. like you, or like you, you know, Omay. Maybe I just conflated the two in my memory, you know. And I was thinking of scenes from this that this, weren't actually in Pulse. This was from a time in my life where I skipped a lot of school, snuck into a lot of movies, but I was always disappointed because this is when everybody was afraid of the MPAA. Mm. So everything was just dumbed down crap. Yep. So I'd be like, <laughs> "Oh man, rated our movie," and you get nothing. Yeah, and you just be like, oh boy. Well, th- and this is why that they, they they often say like horror died in the '90s because, oh yeah, you know, like the MPAA was just on a fucking tirade. We talked about that on the on the oh. Leatherface episode. It just went to video. Yeah, it was well, fine. And, you just had to look harder for it. But but that's the thing. Even the ones that went to video, some of the the stuff was just it paled in comparison to the '80s video releases. Oh yeah. You know, and that, that's what I think that's what most people were were saying was like. You know, we used to have these great, like, just fucked up, wacky 80s horror movies, and then the MPAA just started chopping the shit out of movies, and, you know, we were getting lower and lower and lower budgets, and, and it was just kind of getting wacky out there. Um, 
But looking at the cover for this, like I feel like I've seen the cover in the rental store. Looking at stills from the movie, I definitely have not seen this movie, so it might be something I'll have to check out. Uh, but, if it's uh, anywhere, it's on Tubi. Oh, I'm sure. I love Tubi. Um, but yeah, jump jumping into the movie here. Uh, we we open with a power plant on a dark and stormy night. Lightning strikes the ground and machines go haywire as the opening credits roll. Uh, we pan out to the power lines connected to the plant and follow them into the city down to a particular neighborhood. We pan into the bedroom of Bill and Ellen, who wake up with a start as they hear someone screaming and, and things crashing across the street. They look out the window and see their neighbor flipping out through, through his window. Uh, Ellen calls the cops and Bill goes outside with a bunch of other looky-loos and neighbors to see what's going on. The neighbor is swinging an axe around, breaking shit. He screams. The lights go dark. The cops show up. I was like, that was fucking fast. Um, they go to investigate the the house. There's even a fucking chopper. Like, wh- who lives in this neighborhood? Like, damn. Well, these are it's L.A., but these are like nice houses. So these are white people. So, yeah, the cops ah, show yes. up. <laughs> they showed up in like 30 seconds with a fucking chopper. I think this is where my house neighborhood of the future House of the Future ideas came from because <laughs> it's got that like gated community vibe yeah. where they have their own personal security and there's like bars on the windows, but then it never goes anywhere. Right. It's so weird. So the cops go inside and they find a bunch of busted electronics, water overflowing all over the place. And eventually they see the man that lived there, Mr. Jordan, lying dead in the water with some scorch marks across his neck as wires are surrounding him. So he done got fried to death. Smash cut to Joey Lawrence on a plane. <laughs> That's such an 80s thing of putting a kid on a plane by themselves. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Dude, there are there are so many moments that as a parent watching this, I'm like, oh, fuck no. But remembering growing up in the 80s, I'm like, yeah, that was normal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so many moments. I had a friend growing up. His dad was like 75. Oh, geez. And his parents were divorced. He was like a or not even they never got married. He was like a child of a fling. But he had to, like, go see his dad because his dad had visitation rights. And he lived on the other side of the country. And, like, every other week he had to go on a plane to, like, Oregon or Idaho or something, like, way over on the other side of the country to see his dad by himself. And I was always just like, you go by yourself? And he was like, yeah, it is what it is. And it was just like, what do you do? <laughs> he was just like, just sit there. <laughs> like, I felt horrible <laughs> for him. Oh, man. Yeah, that sucks. I mean, as a kid, I used to I used to take a bus to and from Cleveland all the time to visit my aunt and uncle. Um, oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it was like a three and a half hour bus ride, you know, and I'd be sitting there just playing my fucking Game Boy or reading some comic books. And I'd spend like a week or two in Cleveland over the summer and then I, I would take the bus back. But uh, yeah, yeah. Again, stuff that, you know, it was normal back then that now you're like, fuck no. Yeah, no, um, that's. How many times have you seen America's Most Wanted? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the, mu- the music still gives me chills. Um, but yeah, so we uh, so we, we then cut again to David is now in a car with his dad and Ellen. Um, and we quickly find out that uh, Bill, David's dad, and, and David's mom are divorced and live in completely different states. Uh, we also see what it was like for a kid in the 80s with smoking parents. <laughs> oh, my God. That brought me back. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Holy crap. Same. Because, like, he goes, he's coughing, and he's like, oh, the cigarette smoke. Because, he like, the dad just lights up. He's like, what's wrong, kiddo? And he's like, yeah, yeah. The, the smoke. 
and he goes to roll down the window and Alan's like, oh, no, no, don't roll that down. It won't roll back up. It's like, deal with it, you little fucker. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, it, again, it's funny watching this with my 16-year-old because they're just like, oh, what the hell? You know, like, mm-hmm. Tegan was just immediately so mad at those parents. Like, what are they doing? They're going to, like, kill this kid, give him fucking cancer. And I'm like, that. I mean, that was the 80s. Like, that's just what yeah. people just smoked everywhere. I, and I just watched uh, Die Hard. Well, I watched Die Hard every Christmas, but I, re- I watched it for the first time with Griffin. And mm-hmm. he... And, he like everybody does the first time they see Die Hard these days. Like the first like comment that he made was when uh, John McClane lights up his cigarette in the airport, and he's like, "What is he doing?" <laughs> you know, like <laughs> like of all the crazy things that happened in that movie, that was the most unbelievable thing. He was like smoking in an airport. That's crazy. You could Dude, smoke they're... at the mall. You could smoke yeah. in McDonald's. You could smoke. On the oh, airplane, <laughs> you could smoke those everywhere. McDonald's ashtrays. <laughs> yes, <laughs> those flimsy foil ashtrays. And that's like, I mean, like, look at the scene. Late, we're going to get to it, but the, the with the repairman later, he's just sitting on their fucking couch, lighting up a cigarette in a home he's working in. Just yeah. like, yeah, hey, I'm going to smoke it. Like, didn't ask, like, can I smoke? Yeah. Just like, just start smoking. It's like <laughs> it's fucking nuts. But so uh yeah it's it's also very clear during this scene that that mom and dad don't really get along very well um Ellen and then Ellen tells David all about the crazy guy that died across the street because yeah that's totally a good idea to tell your stepson yeah. who's clearly nervous and uncomfortable yeah hey some dude died there last week want to check it out I know and she was so excited about it too it was like she was like isn't that awesome <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And then, like, as soon as I get to the house, we we notice the bars on the window. Um, and, and David makes a comment about it, like, oh, yeah, this place has bars in the window. And she's like, oh, well, we didn't want to do that to the picture window. So we installed this. And it's like the electronic sliding bars. And I'm like, gee, I wonder if that will come back. I know, right? Okay, so I'll, I'll interject here, too, again, watching it with Tegan, that I didn't realize this, even maybe as a kid. And certainly not now, but Tegan, who like got so excited the first time they got to hold an actual VHS tape, you know, because (laughs) like you don't realize like that kids' experiences are very different. Um, Like they had this this insane conversation recently with their friends at school about how a rotary phone worked. And it was hilarious for me to overhear them talking about (laughs) trying to figure out like, well, why do you have to turn the wheel? Like they couldn't figure out why you turn it, you know, but because they just had this entirely like different like point of context. And and so. Tegan was kept asking me about the the automatic bars and their TV and their microwave and all the, all these things they had in their house. They had like a thermostat that was like behind like a panel. And this is like super high tech. And I didn't realize it at the time. But for the time the movie was made, this was like a high tech house. And I think yes. that was kind of the point was David is coming from like a normal house where they just play outside and go to summer camp. And he's going to go to this big, rich, like, uh, you know, white neighborhood in L.A. where everything is electronic and, and motorized. And even the TV repairman's like, you got more circuit boards in there than like, you know, whatever could like fly you to the moon or whatever the hell he says. And it's mm-hmm. like even the repairman is impressed by how high tech their TV is. And, yeah, I, I think it kind of. It's supposed to be, you know, a hint of like, why does this weird uh, haunted uh, telephone pole, like, you know, uh, single them out? And it's because, ooh, like their house is a playground of high tech shit. 
Right, exactly. And and they, they make reference to that a couple of times throughout the film. But yeah, you know, it, it, it is funny, like, because, uh, you know, Caleb kind of has the same thing, like, looking back at old tech. Like, he's obsessed with old tech. So he, he constantly talks to me about, like, old technology. And it's funny looking at it, trying to look at it through his eyes, like, where he's grown up in a world with nothing but, like, the internet and streaming and cell phones. Like, everyone has a fucking camera and, the, and a computer in their pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like... We grew up in a time where, like, you only took photos at, like, special events, yeah. you know, like birthday parties and, and like, holidays and stuff. You didn't just take, like, a picture of the sandwich you ate on Tuesday, you know? <laughs> like... <laughs> Have you sat Caleb down and tried to explain to him how we used to get Nintendo to work by blowing in it? Oh, he already knew about that because he, he's watched so many videos on okay. it. He thinks it's hilarious. But, like... But no, just wonder, like wondering, like their points of reference are are they're just so more varied than ours. Because like if you look at like when we were kids, looking back at the stuff our parents played with, you know, like versus what we had, it's like, yeah, I used to have a, a tin can with a string on it. That was a telephone, and then we just had a phone. So there wasn't much backward technology whereas now it's like we have these crazy this crazy tech and then they look back and see how we used to get the same effect before and we had some crazy tech i was obsessed with uh boxcar racers when i was a kid like and the tv shows because we'd watch like um dennis the menace and anything black and white i'll leave it to beaver and they'd always have the episode like the boxcar race and i was always like is there a steering system and like no it's just a box with wheels I'm like, what? How is that safe for fun? <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like jumping in a shopping cart and going downhill. Yeah, like, how did you turn? You didn't. You just waited to hit something. <laughs> what? Oh, man. Go oh, good. I was like, I, I had kind of a strange uh, frame of reference because, yeah, right, born in 1980, right, around the same time as you guys. So we were the first generation that had, like, the cordless phones and cell phones and internet at home. But when I was nine, when we moved to Niagara Falls, we moved into my great, great aunt's house that she had lived in a few years after she died. And she was over 100 years old, my my great aunt Elvira. <laughs> and we moved into her house. And when she passed away, she they had left everything pretty much in the house that the relatives didn't really want. And a lot of her relatives had passed. So we got most of it, which was a ton of antique furniture. My mother inherited and added to her own porcelain doll collection, uh, <laughs> creepy ass dolls. I'm sure can remember sure, those. I'm sure Tara would love. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, that so, sounds awesome. <laughs> and we ha- and we had like the old rotary phone in the kitchen where it had like a shelf built into the wall and a seat where you could like sit down and like talk on the phone because you had to have a special like room or like a booth for it because mm-hmm. it was like an older house. So yeah, I, I, I lived in this sort of a weird, you know, antique house, but then we had like Windows, you know, three point one or whatever on like you know the computer that my uh, my uncle gave to us when his uh, his tire company upgraded in nineteen ninety five. So yeah, I, I always had kind of one foot in like the old technology and then one in like whatever was new at the time because my dad liked toys, so he would like buy stuff when it was brand new. You know. Oh yeah, no, we we definitely had some tech growing up. Like I remember we were early adopters of the Betamax when that came out. Um, you know, and then like, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Eventually, we got the VHS 
VHS, but, uh, you know, we had like, you know, Commodore 64, we, we had several different versions of Atari, like, you know, like we definitely had some tech, but then we also had a lot of old shit. And, um, I, I vividly remember just real, real quick, and we'll get back to the episode. Um, I vividly remember when I, I was a kid, I had this sci-fi toy gun. It was a black gun with like a little red, uh, kind of almost a Gatling gun tip on it. And it had these hard rubber bullets that you would load into it. And it was just like a Nerf gun. You'd cock it back and you'd fire. But those little suckers hurt. They left like a little welt. And I remember me and my brother playing with those guns and my dad messing around with it. He's like, ah, there's nothing. When I was your age, we used to make potato guns and launch them at each other. <laughs> and it's like, Jesus Christ, like. You're just fucking breaking potatoes over each other's face, and we're complaining about getting shot with a rubber bullet. <laughs> yeah, you hear stories from, like, the crazy uncle, like, yeah, I got shot in the ass with some buckshot. Like, you got shot in the ass. Right. <laughs> you yourself. <laughs> yeah, like, full stop. Somebody shot you in the ass, and you're <laughs> laughing about it. <laughs> you could die. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's it's crazy when you look back at this stuff. But, <laughs> but so anyways. back to the movie. <laughs> so I, I want to say real quick, the race car bed with the the road wall is pretty fucking sweet. Man, like I is. still want a race car bed. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I saw that and was like, oh, that's fucking cool. I want the like, bed from Problem Child too. Oh, it was like a really cool <laughs> yes. spaceship bed. But so that was really cool. And then there's we get the dinner scene where uh, David doesn't like the food because there's too many mushrooms. So Ellen offers to make him some soup instead and heads off to the kitchen. So dad asks David what's wrong, saying that he seemed bummed ever since he's arrived. And David tells him that he wishes dad could have come to Colorado instead. Basically that he's homesick and he wants to show dad all the cool stuff he does back home and wishes that he could just stay with him and mom. Dad explains that while that does sound nice, it's not possible. Plus, he has a job that he can't take any time away from. So, uh, you know, that basically sucks to be you, kid. Yeah, um, nice parent that made him something else. So they didn't play into that, like, you eat the junk that I made you, which is like, if this is a horror movie geared for kids. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They would have kept that in. And I mean, and let's his, be let's be fair. We all experienced that at some point in our lives. Yeah. And his dad oh. hurt him out. Yeah, I gotta say, though, I think his dad definitely is really impatient with him. He's hearing him out and trying to be a good parent. He's choosing to be a good parent, but you yes. can see from his body language that, uh, what's his actor's name? That Yeah, he he's, uh, uh, what's his name? Cliff something, right? He's uh, uh, Cliff he's, DeLong. Cliff DeLong. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Cliff DeLong. DeLong. Yeah. He's, uh, so he's a good actor. I liked him in Fight the Navigator, too. That's where I recognized him from, but... You can so you can tell from his body language that he's really impatient and thinks the whole thing is ridiculous and that his kid should just fucking suck it up already. But he's like choosing to be like enlightened yeah. and like mm-hmm. the stepmom is just trying to be cool because she's the stepmom. Like she she has to do everything she can to not be hated by yeah. the, the, the kid from the eighties with parent, divorced parents. Like <laughs> the stepmom is a witch, you know? Right, exactly. But you know, I I, have, I, I do have to say here that like, you know. I don't understand this about uh, dad and Ellen. Like, so they, they knew David was coming. They knew he was going to be there for like a week or two weeks or whatever it is. But he doesn't take any time off of work. Like he's he's gone constantly. Like, you, you, don't you got a vacation? Like, I don't know. It just felt a little weird that you're going to have company in town mm-hmm. and you're like, stay at my house. I got to go to work. See ya. I you think know, that's just... why they got the divorce to begin with. <laughs> yeah. He's like he works too much. Yeah, I kind of read that, that, like, he's just uh, an absentee father. 
Yeah, I could see that. He definitely has the workaholic vibe to him. Because his wife gives him grief for it the whole movie, too, where she's like, will you spend some time with your son? Yeah. And he's like, right. I got to go on the golfing trip in my Trans Am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, my middle crisis, my uh, midlife crisis mobile. <laughs> Yeah, and he comes home with, without telling anybody, and he's like, oh, we got to go, like, you know, meet the, the, whatever, like, the Madison Avenue guys for dinner tonight and drinks. They're like, come on, let's go. Like, you'll love it. And it's like, right. dude, she's making dinner. Like, what? you couldn't have called ahead. Like, I know it's the 80s, but they got, they got phones. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I was going to say, speaking of that, that's, that, that scene's coming up. But uh, the next day uh, we see... Uh, I'm sorry, the next day we get a bit of David's bias toward electronics as he tells Ellen that back home they don't have any of the kitchen gadgets like the microwave because his mom says that'll make you sterile and the toaster steals your thoughts. Or Well, scratch that last part. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> So Dad comes home and finds out that David is excited about a Dodgers game that's going to be on later and that they rented a movie for afterward. But Dad lets him know that he's got a work thing to go to. So he's like, you can come with us. But you'd probably rather stay home and watch the game. And David's like, uh, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> they let this kid stay home by himself in a house he doesn't know. And, like, this is where I was like, good God. Like, no, as a dad, I would never do that. And then I'm thinking, as an 80s, 80s kid, that totally oh, happened God. to me. That <laughs> yeah, happened all to the me time. All when the time. I was the younger Lawrence brother's age. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Same. Uh-huh. Where my parents were literally like, we're going to go do horrible 80s stuff. Probably involving, like... <laughs> Colombian booger sugar and like <laughs> everything you can imagine my 80s parents were into and they'd just be like well MJ we got you a video and here's some cheese balls the door's locked make sure your brother doesn't die bye I yeah, remember that, that right you know so so many times as a kid over the summer my, my mom used to do odd jobs when I was really little like she she would do like various cleaning jobs and, and like painting jobs and stuff like that and my grandmother was a real estate agent so she used to do a lot of like she'd find these like really shitty houses and fix them up and one of the things that my mom always helped her with is like my grandmother would pay her to come in and like do a deep clean and then paint any rooms that needed to be repainted and the same thing with like office spaces like she would do that a lot so a lot of times as really little I'd be like four or five and would go with her to do this stuff and it would just be this huge empty house and she'd be like here stay in this room and i'd be like in a room in a random place that i have no idea where i am playing with like gi joes or he-man and like my mom would just be off painting a room or cleaning and i'd just be left to my own devices and a lot of times i'd end up just walking around exploring and it's like how often could i have fallen somewhere or like gotten my fat ass stuck in something like ooh a laundry chute yay you Josh, know like it's crazy i'm sorry we're not going to be talking about this movie that much <laughs> i know we keep going off target no, we're, that's fine this, this is still fun mike you mentioned that story that exact same thing happened to me all the time with my father because mm-hmm. he couldn't keep a job so he always have weird jobs and just take me and my brother with him because why pay for babysitting or right. like he'd leave us home and i do something horrible and be like all right we can't leave him home he set a fire <laughs> Whatever. um he got a job at a cemetery he was selling like grave plots mm-hmm. and he had nothing for me and my brother to do, so he'd be like, go play in the cemetery. He'd give us a Frisbee, you know, which is great for kids. <laughs> but the building they worked in was like this old mortuary. Uh, more, who, who, uh, who preps the bodies? Help me out. Um, 
Oh, like a, mort- a mortician? Yeah. Yeah, like an old mortician's place, but it was since closed up. So he just let us roam around this building with all this, like, mortician's equipment. Yup. Metal tables. And it was just like, yeah, don't break anything. <laughs> <laughs> we were just bored kids. But, like, the setup for a thousand horror movies, and oh my god, we could have gotten tetanus. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I still have vivid nightmares about this one area. It was it, it was a building that used to be on the boulevard near where I live. Um, it, it got turned into like a office building for a while and they ended up tearing it down and building something else. I think there's like a hair salon there now. But there was this office building there at the time and my mom was cleaning it for my grandmother. Like she was she was basically renting out a bunch of the, the rooms there. And it was just dark and dank and creepy. And the only place that I was allowed to go and play was this little furnished area of the basement. And it was just like wood paneling on the walls. There were just like creepy sounds and pipes on the, like pipes above your head, like exposed pipes. And I just remember sitting there playing with G.I. Joe, but thinking about Freddy (laughs) Krueger and being fucking terrified. And I still have nightmares about that room. It's oh, it's just creepy. But I'm gonna I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit here because we are yeah, uh, we are work. running long. So basically, uh, what happens here is Dad and Ellen go off to their their little meeting. David is left home to watch uh, the Dodgers game and Starman, which is the movie he rented. Um, but <laughs> that's you... the movie. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it's driving me crazy. I thought it was inner space. I was, but the way it opens, like, it's funny, like, having seen The Ring and then watching just the opening where it's like photo album, close up of like a lock of hair in a photo album, random flickering images, and an eyeball opening. It's like, what is this, Samara's greatest hits? Like, come on now. Um, I gotta I, I got say, though, I know I don't want to keep interrupting and stopping, but man, I, the amount of Nestle fucking quick yes! this kid puts in the milk. <laughs> Tegan was like gagging, like just literally like gagging at the thought of it. Like he must have been like eating it with like a knife, you know, like Jesus Christ. There is no way that quick, like mixed into there. It was just like, no, there was clearly like a ball at the bottom of this cup of just powdered quick. It's one of those like viral challenges where they ask you to eat like a, a spoonful of cinnamon. Right. <laughs> just like eat raw Nestle quick powder, kid. <laughs> but like, so while he's uh, while he's watching the game, he's switching back and forth between the movie and the game. Gets a phone call, and this oh, this is where the snarl toy is. It's on his on the table there. Um, but yeah, he, his dad you know calls to check on him, and David gives him an update on the score. Uh, we pan outside to the power lines, and we hear a whole lot of buzzing and see electricity zapping back and forth. Inside the TV goes all staticky. David switches channels, trying to get. Uh, you know, trying to get the picture back and then switches to the video, but everything has static running through it. He turns off the TV and decides to listen to the rest on the radio. Downstairs, we see the TV glowing like a furnace from the circuits in the back. So something's up with the TV. It's fucking poltergeist. Um, <laughs> yeah. So David sees electricity zapping back and forth on the power line outside of his window. He then hears something downstairs. So he thinks it might be his dad coming home and goes to check. What he finds is the TV is on and it's like flicker, or I'm sorry, the TV's on the fritz. It's flickering on and off, but like, so he's hearing bits and pieces of a TV show. And then we zoom into the back of the TV and see the circuitry lighting up and the soldering melting together and forming new connections for, to, for the electrical current. 
Wait, that's sorry. not how that works. Not at all. <laughs> it would but, just stop working. I yep. Know. But can I just say too that I had to pause the movie and explain to Tegan like what solder is and like how you <laughs> apply it and like they're like, oh, that's what a soldering gun does. And I'm like, yep. Okay. I had to like yeah. go, I had to go through the whole process because they were just so confused of like, why is there like mercury, like liquid metal rolling around in the TV? <laughs> like, what kind of high tech thing is this? And I'm like, no, not exactly. <laughs> I can yeah. totally just picture Caleb screaming at the television like no that's not no oh yeah if i tried to show him this movie like he would he would pick it apart like 100 percent pick it apart um but yeah so he you know he finds the tv being all all wacky uh <laughs> just that the tv shuts off and david hears something in the laundry room and goes to check he finds the dryer making a bunch of noise he opens up the bottom panel and it spits a fireball at him David jumps back and then for whatever reason dad comes walking in like fucking Frankenstein. Why did he come in like that? He was just like like walks through the door and grabs David who's terrified. Like what the fuck? But David desperately tries to explain to him what's happening and his dad of course doesn't believe him and thinks he was playing around with the electronics. David takes uh David takes him in the next room and tries to show him how the TV was acting squirrely, but suddenly the TV is fine, except that it refuses to shut off. So dad thinks David fucked with it. The next day we see a repairman over showing, uh, showing them that the main power switch has shorted out. When Ellen asks what could cause that, he just fucking lights a cigarette and begins waxing on about electrical spikes and dips from the power company <laughs> called pulses. And I'm like, ah, he said the thing. Um, <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> I have to, every time that they say the name of the movie, I'm like, ah, um, but after some more questioning, he admits to her that he has absolutely no fucking clue what happened to her TV or what to do. He holds up the repair manual and says, I read the book and I do what it says. <laughs> so, it's yeah, like he's all confused. Honest writing ever. Mm-hmm. It's like the script writer that tasked him, like, we need an evil electricity movie. And like 45 pages in, he's just like, I have no fucking clue what any <laughs> of this is. <laughs> now, this next scene, I couldn't stop laughing because I was picturing it in like like with a documentary narrator because David goes outside to play with the other local kids who are skateboarding. <laughs> And it's like, but first he must prove to the other skaters that he is capable with the board. He, he rides to the left. The, the elf of hell. He, he rides to the left, but they are not impressed. David decides to switch positions and ride to the right. Surely this will win the favor of the pack. His awesome <laughs> one-tailed skateboard. <laughs> oh, I, love, I love my fishtails. I know, right? But then he gets spooked by the power lines and almost runs into one of the skaters. <laughs> it was like an unfortunate mistake that leaves David alone and friendless as the pack jeers him with geek and turkey. David must skate alone. <laughs> <laughs> so anybody else writing this movie with those kids would have been fodder. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. They're just just some just random there. little shits. Yeah. And then ed- enter Matthew Lawrence, a.k.a. Stevie, who wants to be David's friend. And he's just like, oh, that was cool. What are you doing with the skateboard? Why did he talk like that? Okay, So we talked we talked earlier about, like, you know, child actors who grew up to be like, yeah, whatever. Like, they suck. Like, Corey Feldman. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe when I read the trivia in this movie that Matthew Lawrence got cast because he did this speech 
Like yeah. he he was there with his brother, and they're like, oh, like you should, you know, listen to my little brother. He'd like learn the speech, like let him, you know, let him read for the part. And they gave it to him because they were so impressed. And I'm like, Did, wait, were we like listening to the same kids? Because I know this, he was a little dude, and I'm not gonna pick on him too hard for being like seven, but he sucks, man. Yeah. <laughs> Can we take a quick moment? A uh, uh, pet peeve of mine: child sure. actor hair. Oh and, God, uh, God! Matthew yeah. Lawrence has it hardcore, and I don't know why they insist on that like bizarre mushroom top bowl cut. I don't know. Who it, like I don't? They still do it. Movie. The the uh, thing that cracks me up with that haircut is anytime that kid with that haircut moves their head too fast to the side, it's just like it it looks like like a skirt just swinging around. Like yeah. it's got it's got this motion to it that's like really funny looking. But so, yeah, so so Stevie wants to be his friend and tells David all about the guy who lived across the street and how he was crazy. He tells him that the guy used to accuse Stevie and the other kids of poisoning his grass because it was dying. And then he'd chase him away from his house. Stevie goes on to say that his mom said he was crazy because of what happened to his wife and proceeds to tell the story. Basically, there was some metal in the garbage disposal when she turned it on and the metal shot out like a gun and went right through her eyeball, killing her. Dun, dun, dun. I'm not going to make judgment here, but if I'm Joey Lawrence, maybe I am. We look alike. (laughs) Um, And I had the option between some dickhead gatekeeper skateboard kids or Stevie, who's in the true crime in G.I. Joe. Oh, hell yeah. I'm hanging out with Stevie. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, 100%. (laughs) No, um, he's the hero of the movie. I mean, yeah, Stevie. No, Stevie gave him the backstory. He warned him. I mean, David's alive because Stevie, you know, likes to listen in at like his mom's keyhole and like, you know, remembers all the real good stories to impress the older kids in the neighborhood. Like, yeah, Stevie's the hero here. Yeah. If he didn't tell him about the grass, David would have never noticed it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's uh, it. Stevie's it never pays off. Mm, what, the grass thing? Yeah. It kind of no, does. I, no, it does. I get it, but it's just like nobody no, no, it, acknowledges it. it. <laughs> no, I, it, it was meant to be foreshadowing. I mean, yeah, I'm okay. not saying it was good, but like, no, like the neighbor's grass dies, and of course he blames the neighbor kids, and then they mentioned that his wife had died previously, and then he dies. So clearly, okay, so everyone just thought his wife was sick and he was crazy, but really, you know, the voice in the wires killed him, and they were, and it, the whole house was like electrified. It was killing the grass, and so there's a scene where you see David's dad house, dad's house, and his dad is complaining to the stepmom about how the grass looks like shit. And there's that scene where she's like putting down, you know, fresh, you know, mulch or whatever, because their grass is dying. And you see there's a little strip of it, like yellow around the outside of the porch. So it's just supposed to be foreshadowing that, you know, the the voice has jumped over across the street into their place. OK, right. All right. All right. Okay. That night, dad overhears David on the phone with his mom, telling him that he wants to come home, that he feels scared there. He's not sure why he just does. Also, dad's never around. And when he does come home from work, all he wants to do is watch TV and sleep. So and then dad's like, oh, I'm a dick and just kind of walks away. <laughs> And his mom's probably, like, doing everything she can to keep him over there so she can have some fucking peace and quiet. (laughs) Right. Right? Like, stay with your father for a week, damn it. Things fine. Shut up. (laughs) Give me one week, you little shit. (laughs) The next morning, David wakes up to Dad and Ellen talking outside. Dad complains about the grass dying, which is when David notices that, oh, shit, the grass is dying. 
because um, he goes outside to check. His dad drives away. And uh, across the street, he also sees what looks to be a real estate agent and a repairman talking about the uh, the Jordan's old place. Uh, Ellen calls him back in for breakfast and explains how they're going to go to a ball game that night. She's a bit shocked when David doesn't seem excited. Instead, David asks about the dead neighbor's grass and why she, why he said the kids were poisoning it. Ellen writes it off, telling him that Mr. Jordan said a lot of crazy things after his wife died. He began blaming everyone else for for anything that went wrong. He just became paranoid. Uh, Ellen then flips on the garbage disposal and scares the fuck out of David because he's like, ah, it's going to shoot bullets at me. Um <laughs> But later we see David and Stevie sneaking around the dead neighbor's house and breaking in. Now, David's a complete dick here because Stevie's like, I don't want it. And he's like, do it or I won't play with you no more, kid. <laughs> and <I'm> like, <laughs> so Stevie helps him break in that he's like, fuck it, I'm out. And Stevie takes <laughs> off. And he's yelling him, get back in, get back in. <laughs> <laughs> and then so he goes in and just starts poking around the old house. And we see all the broken and burnt electronics, along with the taped outline of where Mr. Jordan's corpse was. <laughs> like, I'm sure that's a thing, especially when someone dies against a wall like that. But like, I've only ever seen chalk outlines. Yeah, tape outline is weird. I mean, that and the chocolate outline isn't even a real thing. Like, that's just for movies. Like, they don't do that in right. real life. And the, yeah. the tape just makes it even weirder. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I'm sure there are other movies that have done it. I've, I don't recall one. I was like, huh, it's weird. Um, but suddenly here's a bunch of rumbling and a repairman, the repairman from earlier drops from the ceiling. This guy is a complete fucking freak. <laughs> he asks David if he's heard the voice in the wire as well. He then asked David why he thinks Mr. Jordan did what he did. David's like, I don't know. I heard he went crazy after his wife died. And the guy goes, yeah, they would say that, the sons of bitches. And then he tells <laughs> David that he's seen 20 other houses just like this one. And he knows what's really going on, but he's not saying, no, sir. Then he, he wanders away talking about, let them call somebody else crazy. Like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I was ex like, he looks like him, and I was expecting him to say, This house has a curse. A yeah, death curse. curse. You're all doomed. <laughs> he is totally the Ralph of this movie. Yes. He kind of looks like That's exactly Ralph. what I thought. <laughs> but it's just like, what kind of whacked out fucker do you got to be to like hang drop from a ceiling, start yelling at a kid about a crazy dead neighbor, and then walk away? Like, what the fuck? So later that day, dad comes home all excited to go to the ball game, but David wants to get the fuck out of the area. <laughs> Ellen explains that David went to Mr. Jordan's house and that he thinks the same thing that happened to him is going to happen to them. Um, he explains about the old man who dropped from the ceiling and how whatever it is that killed Mr. Jordan comes in through the wires. Uh, that it happened the night that he was alone and it's going to happen again. Dad is trying to get his head around this and asks David to go wait upstairs while Al while he and Ellen talk. And David is like, fuck that, and leaves. <laughs> David runs, or Dad runs after David and has to physically bring him back in the house in front of a bunch of neighbors and looky-loos while David is freaking out like, Dad, you hurt me, stop it, I don't want to go back and... And like, Dad's just like, it's fine, it's fine, really, it's fine. <laughs> I was like, oh, that poor dad. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's well, gotta be man, so we've, fucking embarrassing. We've all, 
yeah, we've all been in those moments like that where it's like you're you're afraid that all the neighbors are going to think you're beating your kid when you're just yes. trying to like like did you fucking go back inside already? God damn it! Would you shut shut up? <laughs> Zoe does that every single day of like oh. I'm going to make a scene. You're going to give me what I want, or child protective mm-hmm. services are going to get called. And it's like, fine, you're having McDonald's for breakfast. Yep. See now, Caleb. He tried that a couple of times in the past, and I and I did to him the same thing that my dad used to do to me, which is just lean in real close and whisper, when you get home, you know you're in a lot of trouble, right? Because that usually, like, they're yeah. like, uh, because it's the fear of, like, oh, shit, what did I do? He's way too calm. Oh, I should try that. <laughs> <laughs> And the thing is, it always worked. And like, you know, when he would get home, he'd get grounded for, what you know, whatever it was. Be like, okay, you can no longer play video games for the next couple of days. Whatever it is, you know, whatever the punishment ends up being. It's never going to be something physical. But it's just that, like, you pull him in close and like, you're in so much trouble when we get home. <laughs> I know um, where you sleep. Because, <laughs> see, my, my dad used to do that. And it was just like, oh, fuck, I'm screwed. <laughs> like, right. My my dad was, I've mentioned this before, he was king of psychological torture. Like when I would get grounded, especially like in middle school, he would be like, okay, you know, you, you like, for example, if I fucked up on my report card, it's like, okay, I'm going to leave all your video games. I'm going to leave your Sega, everything. I'm going to take the power cords and your controller. <laughs> so you can see what you're missing. You know, it's there. It's there taunting you, but you can't have it. Or he would like see my comic book boxes and he would take all the comics out of the box and leave the comic book box there. <laughs> That's you know, nice. yeah, like he he was he was a master of psychological torture. Like, you know, he he wouldn't he wouldn't take my TV away. He would unhook the cable from it. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, he you know, that's so I, I learned quite a few things there. But uh, anywho, when dad dra- drags David back in the house, they cross over the dead grass spot on their house. Like, dun, dun, dun. You're going back into danger. That night, Ellen and Dad discuss what's going on. Dad thinks that it's because uh, because they left him home alone that night and he got spooked. And especially after seeing the crazy guy who would have spooked anyone, David is just scared and things will calm down. Dad is worried that if David goes home while he's still afraid, he'll never see his son again. Now, you know, th- th- that I actually kind of empathize with Dad here. like Because yeah. he really does seem like he's like, I don't want my kid to be afraid of me. I don't want him to be afraid of where I live. Like it, it is, it is a little like touching there. But uh, during this scene, we also see the tape rental from the other night, the copy of Starman. And um, he asks Ellen, "I thought you had to take this back." And she's like, "Well, I did, but when the TV went on the fritz, something happened to it, and now I had to buy it." And she's like, "It cost sixty bucks." I was like, "Damn, I forgot how much movies used to cost." Yes. Oh my god, Tegan yeah. questioned that too. They were like sixty dollars. I'm like, "Oh yeah." Yeah, yeah no, that I was used that. to buy them because I was obsessed with them. Mm-hmm. It would be like 80 bucks for a freaking tape. Yep. Mm-hmm. I remember winning uh, a turkey drawing contest in first grade where the prize, a grand prize, was a copy of E.T. on video. <laughs> and, like, it was a big deal. Like, when I oh, won yeah. that, like, the school made me bring it in for, like, a movie day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, it was oh, yeah. crazy. And all of my, like, you know, friends whose parents were well off, they would be so proud of their, like, uh, their Disney movie collections and those clamshell cases, you know, yep. those, like, collectible shits. Like, because they were fucking expensive as hell. They'd be, like, 70, 80 bucks for, like, one cassette. But, I mean, people don't really 
remember now, but it's the same. Well, it's the same thing that's going on with like AI and what happened with like streaming music 20 years ago in the 80s. Like suddenly the big movie studios were so afraid that if people had easy access to the movies that they wouldn't go to the movie theater anymore. They would just sit yes. at home and like movie theaters would die. I mean, that eventually happened, but like not in right. the 80s, you know. And just like, you know, the, you know, the big record companies are so afraid of like fucking Napster that they sued the shit out of online, you know, streamers and pirators because they were so afraid because they didn't know how to pivot their business, which mm-hmm. again is happening with AI now. So yeah, and they would put movies out, but they would charge like in crazy amounts of money for them and make it like it was this big collectible thing so that people could spend money and give the movie studios money, but they'd still be going to the movie theater. And that's a huge part of the reason why movie rental chains became such a big deal it wasn't just the convenience of like watching a movie at home it was because in a lot of cases it was the only way that you could see a movie yeah oh yeah because that shit was way too expensive to buy you know and most of us had you know a a vhs player that we could or or two so we could record um like i said for for the years we had we had betamax and vhs so we would record on to beta (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah my dad loved died. toys so yeah my dad loved toys so he had like the vcr rewinder he had two vcrs so we could like yep. tape shit we tape everything off the tv you know we had we had like the fucking pay-per-view black box which and then then i had to like pause the movie and explain to tegan what pay-per-view in the black box was oh man you know? those black boxes <laughs> yep yep i i remember being you explained to tegan what the playboy channel is <laughs> <laughs> I, I legit remember being a kid and, and my, my aunt and uncle who were, they, they were a little more well off and had stuff like Laserdisc and all that, um, but they had a big movie collection. And one of the things they would always do for my birthday is they would send me a bunch of VHS movies that they dubbed from their collection. So, like, I remember getting to see the Laserdisc version of Aliens where there's the cut scene where the Marines are setting up the gun turrets. in the hallway and like i thought it was the coolest fucking thing ever i was like oh my god there's more to aliens that i never saw but like so but those were the kind of birthday gifts i would get which were literally just like recorded from their movie collection because movies were so expensive you know yeah but again i fucking loved it (laughs) oh yeah it was awesome i mean almost all of our movies were just like taped off hbo or cinemax or something oh yeah and my dad my dad would spend money on the premium channels because it was cheaper than like buying the movies and we had a small amount of actual vhs tapes and most of them were either gifts or they were movies that no one gave a shit about that my dad bought on clearance you know like yeah you know years after they were out but yeah everything was just off a tape or sometimes off of network tv we hated Mm -hmm. to do that because my dad could not stand the commercials he'd be the guy who would pause it during the commercials and then try to like hit record when the movie came back on and like you wouldn't always quite make it but so like I was one of the kids who I had, we had two copies of Goonies. I had one that was taped off of some pay channel that had no commercials. And then we had one that had, that was off of network TV. So we had the weird version of it that was edited to fit the time slot. So it had the octopus scene restored yep. to the movie. And there's another scene where, with sloth and chunk in the tunnels, with like the pipes, like there's like, there's a, there's an extended version of that. And so for me, that was like the normal version of Goonies. And it wasn't until later that I realized that people like hadn't seen the giant octopus. I'm like, <laughs> right. No, I, I, you know, there, there's something special about that era. Like well, one of these days we sh- we just need to like, all, the three of us get together and have a, a VHS conversation um, because man, there, there's so many good flicks and, and good memories from that time frame. But uh, 
jumping back into the to the flick here. Um, so the the after they have the discussion about having to buy the tape, they decide to go to bed. Dad sees the unused tickets before turning off the lights, like realizing like he bought these three fucking Dodgers tickets and couldn't go. And he's like, I hope the game sucked. <laughs> oh, poor guy. But. I did feel really bad for him here because, and you guys probably can uh, can relate to this. I cannot tell you the amount of times that having to like, like, you know, you guys know I have a crazy work schedule. So I'll have like a shitty couple of weeks of like working, you know, six, you know, six days in a row and like one day off and then back to more and just having crazy, crazy work schedule and looking mm-hmm. so forward to having like two days off and making plans like, okay, you know, when I'm off, we're going to do this. Like, I'm going to take Caleb out to dinner. We're going to go, you know, go to the GameStop. We're going to check out video games. Like, we're going to do something fun, like a, 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 you know, dad, son kind of day. And then like when the day comes around, either something happens or like he's in a bad mood and doesn't want to go. And it's like just this, this like, it, it's so sad when you're like, I finally have time and I can't do it. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just a bummer. And you know, as an adult with having responsibilities, sometimes that happens. So, like, I felt for the dad here. I'm like, oh, dude, that sucks. Cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. <laughs> exactly. Little boy blue and the man on the moon. <laughs> you know, and, and selfishly, selfishly, sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes it's like you finally get a day off after the shittiest work week you've ever had. And it's finally your day off. And you just want to kick your feet up and watch a movie or read a comic yep. and just have have everyone leave you the fuck alone. So you can just drink your damn coffee and like <laughs> have a minute where you're not stressing out about your day job or your like parent responsibilities. And then it's like damn it like you know your kid is like oh we need to go do this and we need to go do this or the fucking dog throws up on the rug or something and you're (laughs) and you're just like god damn it like i can't even get 10 minutes to like put my feet up with a cup of coffee like fuck i didn't even get through one cup you know leave me alone oh it's so frustrating but so we we pan out to the thermostat and see sparks inside of it it's the voice in the wire it turns up the heat, triggering the furnace, and both Ellen and David lie awake listening to the banging and thumping of the furnace. Uh, the next day, we see David repeatedly trying to call someone but getting a busy signal. Ellen comes up and tells him she's sorry that she has to go to this meeting, and if he likes, uh, he could come with her, but he's like, nah, I'll just stay home. So she's like, that's fine. He'll be fine. This kid that's been freaking out and panicking, he's fine alone. I'm just going to go. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> Almost all 80s movies, like, you got to get the parents out of the picture so, like, the kids can't get into trouble. I mean, that's what movies were back then. Why is every superhero an orphan? Exactly. Come on. (laughs) So this is the scene where where he goes outside to talk to Stevie, and then we get the whole G.I. Joe thing that I talked about at the top. Um, But David, you know, talks to Stevie about how to get to the airport, saying that he already has a ticket to go back to Colorado. He just needs to get the time changed. Stevie tells him it's pretty far away. And he's like, maybe my mom can drive you. Do you want me want me to ask her? And he's like, no, that's okay. And then Stevie's like, what are you going to do? Smash cut to David behind the wheel of a car in his dad's garage. <laughs> no, okay, I get it. Dad's wealthy. How many fucking cars does he have? Because, like, we see him leave in his car. We see Alan has a different car. And then they just yeah. have a station wagon in the garage for a two-person household in the 80s? Yeah, I know, right? Well, the window was broken, so, you know, fuck that car, right? They had to get a new one. <laughs> I was just kind of flabbergasted because I'm like, man, I, I mean, like, 
I remember growing up, most of the people I knew had one car. They had the family car. Yeah. You know, it was it was rare. Like when we got a second car, it was because my dad was mm-hmm. working uh, nights and he ended up getting this really bad junker that he fixed up as an old Pontiac. And like that was the car he would take to and from work. And so my mom would have the car to take us to school in the morning because yep. he wouldn't be home in time. So it was like we went from having one car to two cars and it was like a big deal. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. I was just like, damn, three cars. Okay, dad's dad's doing well for himself. But uh, so... Son of the times when having three cars means you're wealthy. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that boy's but... got a VCR in his house? He must be rich. He's got to be loaded. Uh, it's also a sign of the times that Stevie could leave the terror drone and all of his G.I. Joes on his porch and nothing would happen. Oh, I'd right? fucking steal those in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> See, and <laughs> adult me would pick Stevie up and chuck him into a bush and take his G.I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, see, I just and, pictured and, you throwing Matthew Lawrence like, yeet! <laughs> fuck out of here, kid. What's, and what's funny, too, is as I'm watching this movie, well, I, I remembered the scene before, but as I'm watching the movie, I'm just, as soon as the fucking G.I. Joe showed up, I'm like, see, this is what we can talk about. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, no, as soon as as I I saw that scene, I had to pause it. I'm like, oh, let me see what's here. Let me look around. But it's more like fucking like rich white people, too, because like what does Stevie's parents do that he can afford all that shit? You know, I was like, oh, I had like four of those, you know, and he's got like every fucking figure and the fucking pterodrome and the vehicles. And I'm like, man, when I was a kid, I was so jealous. Maybe that's why I picked this movie, because maybe I've just secretly been harboring jealousy for a rich ass little Stevie next door (laughs) with all the good toys. Or my because I. Now I can say I did have the Terradrome, but it was it was it was like my big birthday gift from my grandparents, um, and, and like a lot of those figures I didn't have. Like I, I did have Dial Tone and uh, and and Lifeline. My sister had Zorana, I didn't, and then obviously I had the Cobra Law, but I did not have Scoop. I didn't have the Coastal Defender. Um, I eventually got the Pogo, but I bought it at a garage sale. <laughs> so I had some of those. I stole most of my Joes, as you guys know, but for some reason, I, <laughs> Road Pig was the only Dreadnought I ever had. I don't know why. Oh, man, I love the Dreadnoughts. But uh, back to the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're watching a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, David, David thinks better of trying to drive himself in the car and goes to go back inside, but, uh-oh, he's locked in the garage. Okay, because... I'm going to interrupt you again. I'm so sorry. I have to interrupt you again because this is the one part of the movie that I'm mad about. The rest of the movie I can live with. I can go with it. I'll explain it away. I'll justify it despite the the bad filmmaking and the <laughs> nonsensical storyline. I will defend it. But there's no fucking way that the voices in the wire can control that goddamn mechanical fucking uh, doorknob and the lock on that thing. There's no way. Oh, it's not, not oh, an electric lock. So right here, they, the movie shits the bed. break the pipe. Yeah. Well, not only that, but okay, there's a lot of problems here, but the door thing happens multiple times. Yes. Multiple times. And it irritates me every time. This is the first, but it happens a bunch. But yeah, like, so we, so we cut inside and follow the electric cords to the TV where we hear a game show playing. And then we pan over to see the pulse on the screen. Dun, dun, dun. Back out in the... Back out the garage, we see the evil electric monster sparking and cracking open a gas pipe. Like, wouldn't it have exploded the pipe? Yeah, of course it would. I mean, but you I'm know, st- just saying. 
I'll still defend it. The doorknob thing is worse. <laughs> <laughs> but once it cracks open, um, David try. Well, first David tries to get out using the electric garage door opener, but of course, you know, it doesn't open because it's electric. Suddenly he smells the gas and realizes he has to get out. He tries the door again, but the opener shorts out. He's left with no choice. So he hops in the car and again, turns, turns the ignition somehow doesn't blow shit up. Um, drives back and forth, just slamming into the wall and then slamming into the door until he cracks the door open, and then gets out and rolls to freedom right as he's about to get run over as Ellen pulls into the driveway. <laughs> oh, God. So later we see Dad and Ellen talking over a sleeping David. Ellen explains that he was more scared than hurt, that the doctors say the bruising from the collision is mild, and thankfully he got out before the gas could do any real damage. Um, a repairman who's over at the house calls dad out to the garage and tells him that everything is fixed up and shows him the split pipe saying, here's your culprit. <laughs> this thing was switched to evil. No, sorry. Um, that's <laughs> random Simpsons reference that just popped in my head. That's what he said, but, right? No, that's yeah. what he said though. That's what I heard. So, <laughs> dad asks what could have caused the pipe to split like that. And he's like, oh, metal fatigue. You see the sunlight from this nearby window comes in every day and heats the pipe up. And then in the evening, it cools. The constant expansion and contraction can make the pipe weak, causing it to split. Ellen gets annoyed and flips out on the repairman saying, you know, basically none of the repairmen know what's happening. She's like, oh yeah, sure. Just slap a new thing and then we're fine. We're not going to blow up. Right. Like she's just flipping out. The repairman leaves. Like he's like, I'm going to get out of here. And dad tries to calm Ellen down, but she's freaked. She's now believing David that it's not a coincidence and something is doing this to them. She tells him how the previous night she, she couldn't sleep. So she just lied there listening to the house she said that she could hear something, something inside the house growing, getting stronger. It's like, what? That's a bit dramatic. You heard the furnace banging around and you're like, it's the electric monster. Come to get me. Technology bed. <laughs> so That's dad she... called. Oh, good. So it's like a, it's a cautionary tale. That's what they get for, you know, being rich white snobs who live in a high tech house. Yeah. <laughs> fuck them yuppies. <laughs> I was just going to say this movie is secretly like, fuck the yuppies. But uh, dad calls bullshit saying it's nothing more than an accident. There's nothing trying to kill them. The argument escalates to the point uh, where dad is like gripping the pi the broken pipe in his hand so hard that his hand starts bleeding. Ellen points it out and he fucking, th he throws the pipe like right next to her. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Cause he whips it at the fridge and it just kind of bounces off, but it almost hits her. It's like, that was a bit aggressive. But that night we see Ellen watching David sleep. She then looks out the window at the power lines. <laughs> and again, I, I don't know why I heard this in Peter Griffin's voice. But like you see the Hale 9000 eye light up on the on the, the little power box. <laughs> it's like, I know you up there plotting, waiting. Yeah, I see you. I see you evil red eye looking like Hale 9000. Stop it. Bad electricity. Bad. <laughs> Well, I think the episode's over now. <laughs> I think you nailed it. Yeah. That's that's now my headcanon. <laughs> but the next day, Dad is laying out some bags of lawn topping to try to fix the dead spots. Ellen comes out and reminds him that he's going to be late for his meeting, so she offers to take over for him. He kisses her goodbye and takes off. So Dad's out of the picture now. Um, later, Ellen sees some construction crew over at Mr. Jordan's house, along with the crazy old man from before. She runs over to talk to him and find out what the hell it was that he said to David. 
And he's like, lady, I didn't tell nobody nothing. And I'll be glad to tell you the same thing. <laughs> so she starts crying. He's like, okay, okay, turn off the waterworks. I'll tell you. And he basically tells her to unplug completely, saying that there's a signal, a pulse. Hey, he said the thing. Uh, kind of like a voice. It, and you have to get rid of anything that has ears to listen. So basically, fuck all your electronics. Go back to caveman days. He tells her that he's back to wood fires and kerosene lamps, in spite of the fact that his wife wants to kill him for it. He then tells her that he once heard on television that paranoia is just another word for heightened awareness. But what the hell do I know? I'm crazy. And he drives away as... I love we pan over to the giggling construction workers that are like schoolgirls. Yes. <laughs> They're like, tee! And they run away. I'm crazy. Crazy <laughs> as a Ralph. <laughs> I know those construction workers were kind of they were uh, they were cracking me up though because they were like look at this crazy bitch. <laughs> I just loved the physicality of it because it was very much like the high school girls in a teenage movie. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so Ellen heads home and decides it's time to take a shower. The water wakes up David, and thankfully, unlike Jamie, he knows enough not to walk in the bathroom and write creepy messages when people are taking a shower. Man, he missed his opportunity. <laughs> He was like, hey, Ellen, wash my back. Um, so oh, I've been a dirty boy. <laughs> oh, I, I, the pit has just become part of the boogeyman's closet lexicon at this point. But uh, dad comes home and he and David talk. Dad tells him that he spoke with his mother and that she's going to come down in a few days. And he's hoping that the three of them can sit down and have a conversation. While this is happening, Ellen turns up the hot water in the shower, and we see the spooky electronic monster turn up the heat tremendously and start to burn her. It also shoots hot water out of the sink where Dad is washing dishes, and he and David jump back. Ellen basically gets cooked by the water and starts screaming for help. David and Dad run in and try to help her, but they can't break the glass, and somehow the electric monster is keeping the shower door locked. <laughs> yeah. How? Static electricity. Ah, it, see. <laughs> it made me so mad. Fun fact, this is this movie is how I learned the vocabulary word scald. Because I had to ask my mom why the lady had all the blisters all over her. Like, what happened? <laughs> you know what I thought of when I watched yeah. that scene? It, it Unconnected, but the same kind of theme. I had ICP in my head where they go, magnets, how do those work? <laughs> yes exactly With this hand wavy like technology we don't know <laughs> don't think about it too hard the, the shower's electronic right right yeah that works but so dad has to break the glass open and get her out um we see all the neighbor we see the neighbors all crowded around as ellen is loaded into an ambulance with dad and david is left with some elderly neighbors he just, this poor kid just keeps getting left with everybody alone or with old people that he doesn't know. Um, later, dad arrives home and tells David that, uh, tells David and the neighbors that Ellen will be okay. She just has to stay in the burn unit for a while. So David and dad stay with the neighbors for the night so they don't have to stay in their spoopy house. And dad tells David that his mom will arrive in the morning and just take him home. Later that night, Dad decides to go and poke around in the house and see what the hell's up with this electronic monster. David watches from the window as Dad goes back into the house to look around. 
Once over there, Dad notices the electronics acting funny, and the t- from the TV to the heater to the garbage disposal, and we get the the glass garbage disposal jump scare, where like the garbage disposal keeps turning on, and Dad keeps walking closer and closer, and there's a piece of glass that's just teetering on the edge of the disposal, and then he like peers over it, like just <laughs> like whoa, <laughs> and then the glass falls, and it's like pachung, and it misses him. <laughs> hey, I will say Tegan was like. Oh no! Oh no! Watch out! Oh shit! <laughs> like so, t- <laughs> the attention got Tegan. But because again, I think it's actually like a pretty good little scene. The it problem is. is that like if we're an hour into the movie and like you're bored, so you don't care anymore. Where yeah, this is the best they had just give you. yeah, but if they had just gotten to the goddamn point already and like skipped to something like this or did did something like this earlier in the movie, it would have been awesome. You would have been this cool like creepy ass scene where you're like, oh shit, he's about to get hit in the face with a piece of glass, you know? <laughs> and that's pretty scary. But at this point, it's like you're just watching the clock, so it takes all the punch out of it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just yeah. I mean yeah, it is tense, but eh. <laughs> did nothing it's at this point of the movie you realize you've spent one hour and 55 minutes talking about other shit (laughs) 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 and you don't care (laughs) exactly so ted goes to the breaker box and cuts the power because fuck you pulse that's why he hears the furnace kick up and goes down in the basement to investigate once he's in the basement the completely not electronic door slams shut behind him and the power all turns back on. The furnace kicks up and power tools start going, including a, a power saw, as a bolt rolls over to the spinning blade. The blade hits the bolt and launches it at Dad like a fucking bullet, hitting him in the head and knocking him out. David watches in fear from across the street as he sees like the lights flickering on and off until he decides to sack up and go see what happened to his dad. <laughs> he tries to get in through the front door, but it's locked because, you know, the electronic monster can lock doors. Uh, he goes over to the, he goes over to the window and we see the TV watching him. Why? If it's not alive, if it's just a pulse, how was it watching him? Like it, it pisses me off. Magnets. How do those work? <laughs> like I, I ain't gonna lie. At this point, like this was making me irrationally angry. <laughs> Hey man, if 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 anything, you know, there you go. See, the, the, I got a rise out of you. So, yeah, it's true. <laughs> I was like, you... this thing is not sentient. What the fuck? Like all throughout the movie, they're just like, it's not a thing. It's a pulse, a signal. But why is it watching people and locking doors? Oh, it's so fucking annoying. So. David sneaks in through the kitchen and uses a garbage can to prop the door open behind him. Meanwhile, Dad wakes up in the basement when he hears David poking around. David hears noises upstairs and goes to investigate as the house closes the bars behind him, locking him in. Dun, dun, dun. Like, we knew that was going to happen. Check us bars. Yep. So David finds the source of the noise. The Pulse was watching Starman. (laughs) It's a good movie. I mean, well, yeah, I can't blame him. I, I like Starman. But... As he watches the TV, it begins to pulse and flash and shoots lasers out at him, because that's a thing TVs can do. So David screams for it to stop and runs away to try to call someone, but the phone is dead. He goes to leave the phone, or he goes to leave, and the phone suddenly starts ringing, calling him back long enough for it to distract him, and the completely not-alive pulse breaks the water pipes 
<laughs> fucking blocks his escape with water and electricity. Sure, why not? <laughs> um, the water also <laughs> pours down into the basement, keeping Dad at bay. David breaks the window, but he can't get out due to the bars. He calls desperately for help, but oh no, a giant shard of glass is somehow pushed by the electricity to cut his hand. Okay, I, I'm going to stop right here and say, when I was a kid, this was one of the scenes that just made my fucking nuts crawl up in my body, watching that piece of glass fall and stab that kid in, in the hand. And, and I never thought of it as like, oh, the electricity pushed it. I just thought the glass, the window was broken and like the glass fell out. Like it falls out when you break a window. So I never, I never thought about it as like him being attacked. It was just an unfortunate accident of fucking around with glass. But man, that big ass shard coming down and, and they just show oh, it yeah. like stab right into his hand and him walking around putting like bloody handprints all over the house. Like, yeah, this was a cringy moment. Absolutely. And, and and I'll totally agree with you on, on the sense that, you know, it could be taken in the way of just like, oh, it just fell because the window broke, except for the fact that they decided to put the sound effect of bzz, 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 bzz <laughs> in there when we show the glass slowly slipping. Maybe the voice was just laughing at him. He, he didn't have to be doing it. He was just pointing and laughing like, ha fuck this kid. <laughs> <laughs> it turned into Nelson Muntz for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord so yeah he the the, the glass falls down and, and cuts his hand and you know he's like oh god and runs upstairs meanwhile dad desperately tries to climb out of the house through the basement window but he can't make it and accidentally loosens a gas pipe as well as dropping his keys which i'm sure he won't need at all of course not. um David hides upstairs crying while evil HAL 9000 power box outside sends a whole lot of electricity into the house, causing it to catch fire. David desperately calls for help as the house burns. Dad breaks out of the basement through a vent in the ceiling. And I, I love how they like take the time to show him like snagging his back on a nail. And he's like, awesome. just like pulls himself up. And that scene made Tegan cringe. Just thinking yeah. about getting sliced in the back. Oh, yeah, no, it was effective, but it's like they they really zoomed in. They're like, you want to see something really gross? Check this out. <laughs> They're like, oh, we forgot we were a horror movie. Uh, hang on a second. Let me cut this guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he, you know, he he pulls himself up. And uh, he, uh, so dad rushes upstairs to get and gets David out of the room. Like, and it's it's full on fire at this point. Like the house is burning. He wraps David up in a blanket and runs him out. They run downstairs, but uh oh, the door is locked and dad dropped his keys in the basement so he can't unlock the door. So he goes to run out the back and we get this super dramatic moment where he almost falls in the water, but David saves him just in the nick of time before the electric monster zaps the water. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's just, it, this far into the movie, yeah, I'm still watching it, but I'm just like, oh, God. It's, it's <laughs> make it over. <laughs> And what's funny is like at at the, honestly at the beginning of the episode we were recording and I'm like oh shit like I picked a super boring movie and they're gonna like rip it apart and I'm like oh damn I like this movie that sucks like you know I feel like I'm getting like picked on but now I'm just like you know what fuck it man this is a stupid ass fun movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> I the mean, fact that, be... the fact that you guys are so annoyed is kind of like mwahaha. <laughs> well, to be funny this is a really fun episode so you know oh yeah <laughs> um... But no, like, I, I love the slowdown where he's like, Dad, no. <laughs> and then, like, this this little fucking Joey Lawrence is able to hold him up. Like, no, he would have fell in that water. Yeah. Um. 
So he saves dad just in the nick of time. And <laughs> they then go, they grab the axe that dad used to chop through the, the ceiling with and go and they chop the front door open and run out into the front yard with all the neighbors and looky-loos. Dad looks up and sees the spoopy power box and he's like, fuck you, hell, and starts chopping down the power line. But uh, before he can finish, the cops show up and stop him. But it's too late. The post breaks, dropping Hell 9000 onto the house where it sparks and fries and burns everything down. Cut to Dad and David in the back of the cop car. The cop asks them, hey, that was your house back there you just destroyed, wasn't it? And Dad goes, yep. He goes, you must both be crazy. And he's like, yeah, we're crazy. <laughs> and Dad, Dad and David laugh while hugging. We cut to Stevie in bed and pan over to his cat clock on the wall that begins sparking. Slowly, Stevie goes over to unplug it, pulls the plug, black screen, credits, the end. You're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh. And I did. I fast forwarded. I'm like, please don't let there be a stinger. Please don't let there be a stinger. <laughs> there was no stinger. But yeah, that uh, that rambling, crazy episode was Pulse. Um, we did it. Overall, yeah, we did it. <laughs> um, now, overall, I will say this. Like, I can see what is there to like about this movie. I can understand how, like, I can understand, Josh, like, how you would hold this movie up as, like, something that you watched a lot as a kid and you have fond memories of. Because I have plenty of, I know me and Mike both have some of the same movies like that, like, no one is gonna agree that you know sorority babes and slime ball ballorama is as great as it is outside of me and mike uh, <laughs> but that's because we both saw it at a very young age yeah exactly you guys both like a bunch of really terrible movies that like, oh god I can, yeah. I can, and i can't always get on board sometimes i'm just like dude i tried i tried to oh, watch yeah. some of that bullshit but i just <laughs> i couldn't do it even for fun you know look dude, i'm you would, self-aware you I, enough where i know that these movies are bad Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't get it follows why people hate on it. I don't either. I personally, well, it especially annoys me if people like smile. Maurice, I'm calling you out. Um, if people like smile and hate it follows, because I'm like, it's the same damn movie. It follows it's, is way better. I agree. It's just that smile does. Yeah, I was going to say smile does it worse and they feel the need to show you the monster. And it's like, and don't get me wrong, I thought the monster in, in Smile looked pretty cool, but I loved the the ambiguity of the monster in It Follows. Like, I thought that was so fucking terrifying that it could be anything or anyone. Like, mm -hmm. I just, ugh, I, I, I personally love that movie. That's a hill I'll die on. I think it's a fucking fantastic movie. Does it follow its own rules? Not always. And there's a couple moments where I'm like, eh, okay, you got to suspend your disbelief there. But I love the way it ends. I love the story. I, I, that's a comfort food movie for me. I watch it way too much. Um, but I will forever take shit on this show because I like it. Um, but no, like, yeah, I, 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 I am first to admit a lot of times there are movies that I am not a fan of, but I can totally understand how other people are a fan of. Um, it, it's like a lot of action movies. There's a t like, I have no desire to watch any of the Fast and Furious films, but I know plenty of people who love them. They're not my cup of tea, but I'm glad people enjoy them. Hey, cool. But uh, not my cup of tea. Now, so for Pulse... I can understand why you have a nostalgic love for it. For me, not my cup of tea. It's not it's not even the movie I remembered. And so yeah. <laughs> like I only remembered bits and pieces of this and was conflating it with other films. Yeah, I mean and like I said, I 
it fully admit, like even while watching it, you know, like recently that like, oh God, the first hour is like, Jesus, get to the point already. You know, like yeah. I realize that it's boring. I still think that the end of the movie does hold up and I'll I'll die on the hill that if they had just gotten to that good stuff in the first like hour or even the first, you know, 45 minutes, then I think yeah. it would have been a lot more interesting. Like there's sort of like fight with the electricity in the water and like ripping his back and the glass and the saw. It's all like stupid horror movie stuff that you see in a lot of like bad pulp movies, you know, like, oh, right. the saw is still plugged in. Oh, no, it's coming to get you, <laughs> you know, like. But the fact that you had to sit there and wait for them to get to the goddamn point for an hour is, I think, what kills the movie. But yeah, when I was a kid, I didn't care because all of the the atmospheric buildup worked for me when i was eight you know <laughs> right and honestly i feel like one of the ways that they could have made this a hell of a lot creepier is if it was happening in the neighborhood and not just one house and then jump to another house like if it was happening in the neighborhood then you could have done stuff like you could have pulled like some maximum overdrive style shit yeah like had over in stevie's house like you know mom's doing the laundry and the dryer eats her you know it's <laughs> just something oh. crazy Dude, that's a, you just nailed it because Maximum Overdrive is exactly the same thing as this movie. It's another yeah. example of a horror movie that some people really hold up, including myself, because I have a nostalgic love for it. But you mm -hmm. cannot justify it in any way that it's a good movie. You just can't. No. It's not a good movie. <laughs> But who cares? Because it's got some fun actors in it. You know, again, there's a whole cool story behind it. And just the fact of how, like, ridiculous it is. Like, oh, the machines are alive. You know, like, the cars are haunted. Like, yep. Pulse is just is just uh, maximum overdrive, like, for kids. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I will say, like, I'm still mad that the, uh, you know, the ending to the Stephen King story of that is so much better than the movie. Um, mm. Like, they, oh, if they had ended the movie like that, it would have been beautiful. Because I do love the movie. Maximum Overdrive is a bad movie, but I have a blast watching it. Same. Um, yeah. You know, and not, not, not to mention the amazing soundtrack by ACDC. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's so much fun. And there are so many great moments. Like, the kid getting run over with the steamroller. The, uh, the chef's kiss. <laughs> the coach getting Love shot it. in the dick with the can of soda, Love you know, it. the, the, the scene where Stephen King is at the ATM and he's like, honey, this thing just called me an asshole. Like <laughs> there are so many great moments in that. And like, so it's, it's not that the concept of pulse is bad by any means. It's just, it suffers from something that I think all of us can agree is like the cardinal sin of filmmaking. And that is that it gets boring. Yeah. If your movie gets boring at any point, I feel like you've started to fail. Yeah. And there's there's a good idea here. There's good actors. You know, it's not like even though they had a low budget, I mean, apparently they had a six million dollar budget um, and apparently they came in at five million. So they came in a million under budget and um, it was finished a week early, which I thought or I'm sorry, a day early, which was kind of cool. Um, so it's like it's, it's not that they had a huge budget, but they still did great with what they had. Like the effects were not bad by any sense of the word. Um but it also wasn't anything to really write home about. Yeah, I can't believe the producers weren't like, "You've got a million dollars, can you just film some stuff like uh, microwave kills a guy, somebody gets right. killed by a toaster? How about a Nintendo Entertainment System eating a baby? Can we just like <laughs> fluff the movie up a little bit?" Well, yeah, and that, that's I, why I, I will agree with that criticism. Like, and not and seeing that now as an adult and realizing that nobody really dies in the movie <laughs> is like that's fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's then that's that thing with the PG thirteen horror is a lot of times, especially in the eighties and nineties, with a PG thirteen horror movie, you had people get hurt, 
Um, and like you had scary things, but you never had too much death and destruction. You know, it, it was this. This very much feels like an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah, it's a it's yeah. a TV movie. It's a it's a made for TV horror movie that they could have played as like a you know one of those like limited series they used to do. You know where they do like a thirty or forty minutes of a movie with commercials over like four nights. You know in the mm-hmm. summertime, like that's what this was, and that's why nobody dies. And the one death is like the back of some guy's head and you can barely tell what it is like was that a drill or like a wire or like what was in his head you know even watching it this time i couldn't quite tell yeah it it looked to me like a a wire where like the um like the coating had been stripped off like it was exposed wire yeah and then he had like a burn mark on his neck so i'm like did it did it like burn off the the coating and then zap it like what happened but, um, you know, we, we mentioned a lot of the trivia already, but just just a couple quick things. Um, the earlier titles for this film were House, Tracked, and Currents. I'm pretty sure they, they, they had the best idea with going with Pulse out of those. Because <laughs> yeah. there was already a movie called House. Tracked is just a dumb name. And Currents, it's like, eh. Yeah, I, I honestly think even... Uh, the voice in the wire like would have been a good title for it too, and it would have been more I, distinctive than. Pulse. I think that would be a little better. I think the voice in the wire would have absolutely been the best title, but I think that in order to do that, they would have had to make it actually haunted electricity, because <laughs> this this concept that it's just oh it's just it's a random spike from the power grid that's all that happened, but it's targeting a family. I'm like no no. They really could have easily worked in. Uh, oh, that guy died down the street and his ghost is in the wires and like, right. And the movie would have been, it would have made sense. Actually, you know what? Let's, let's rewrite this right now. Here's what could have happened. The opening scene, when we see the power plant and the electricity, uh, the, the lightning strike, the lightning could strike. We could have saw like a worker that was like working on something on the power plant, get zapped and die. And his soul goes into the machine. And there you go. Yeah. Easy peasy. Yeah. It's done. Like they could have, they could have put that right in there, but eh, whatevs. Um, one <laughs> of the other things is this was apparently uh, it, it, it was 35 minutes longer. Oh, they God. they cut quite a bit because uh, people complained about the runtime, and um, some of the deleted scenes include David in Colorado with his mother before heading to Los Angeles, uh, and David and Ellen in a conversation near some electronic transmission lines where Ellen relates a story from her childhood about how uh, tracked housing cropped up in her neighborhood once these big power lines were put in. Okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see any of that. No, exactly. <laughs> well, that's more out of the movie. I know, right? And, and like, and I, I still like the movie, but yeah, I will agree. Jesus, the fact that it was longer and they came they came in early and under budget i don't think that those are good things i don't i mean like normally coming in early and under budget on a project is awesome and this director was probably trying to get like another job after this by showing like how good he could do with like you know with the money that the studio gave him but i like dude you could have done so much more obviously what you filmed was so boring that people complained and you had to cut it out but yeah Mm -hmm. like dude it's a horror movie like kill somebody what are you doing Right. And, That's and, and, the the biggest gripe I think I have is that nobody dies. There's yeah. two minor injuries. And that's it. Yeah. It's so weird. It's, it's weird. I mean, granted, well, one person dies. We do keep all forgetting about Mr. Jordan. That's at the start yeah. of the movie. So, and that's so, after the fact. Yeah, there's one death that we don't see. <laughs> yeah. So 
Um, but yeah, and, and like going back to the whole like director thing for a minute here, like with the coming in under budget versus like going over budget, I think that a lot can be said for that because if you had the money, why not use it and do something better? Like look at films like RoboCop. I know mm-hmm. I, I love RoboCop, but um, what Paul Verhoeven did with that, where it's like he knew that he did not have enough money to do what he wanted to do. So he sunk all the money into like doing the big effects heavy shots and purposely didn't shoot the the scene where Murphy is murdered. So the plot hinged on this. Mm-hmm. Like they did that shot. Like that was one of the last things they shot specifically. So when he could go to the producers and be like, well, we need money for this scene because the whole movie hinges on it. Yep. <laughs> so he was able to like extort more money out of them to do that scene, but Genius. still spend the money that he had on the great effects that we got in that movie. So yeah, the, the, this, this guy, there's a reason that he never did any other movies. <laughs> I think we can all admit that if Paul Verhoeven made pulse, it would I, be jaw dropping for a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, I, I fucking love Paul Verhoeven. Like even, even <laughs> fucking, um, oh my God. Why can't I think of the, the stripper movie? Um, strip. No, not strip. Show, showgirls. Showgirls. Show right. right, right, right sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Like even showgirls with how fucking ridiculous that movie is. It's entertaining as hell to watch. Oh yeah. I like watching that movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. it's, it's so bad, but so funny. It's I know one of these days, like Susie really wants to put it on the show. It doesn't really fit on the show, but I could see us having fun with that. Movie. Well, you know, it's, it's like I told you guys once. I mean, I'm sure people suggest, you know, month topics to you all the time. and You probably have a huge long list of them, but I think it would be fun to do a month of movies that aren't horror movies, but that are made by filmmakers who typically are known for horror or like. Oh, and that would be a sweet month. Starman. That's a could do like, really good idea. Because you could do like a history of violence, right? Um, yeah. Night Riders. Oh, yeah. Night oh, Riders, yeah. yep. There's a lot of good oh, examples. <laughs> yeah, we could put showgirls on there, even though Verhoeven mostly does sci-fi. <laughs> Invaders from Mars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Although, truth be told, Invaders from Mars scared me as a kid. I watched it, well, actually, I watched it about two years ago. And I was like, why the fuck did this scare me again? It's a fun movie, though. It's it's fun, but it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's nowhere near as good as I remembered. I I remembered only key sequences like the frog eating and like finding where the aliens are. Like I remembered those scenes, and then watching it as an adult, being like, "Wow, there's a lot of fucking filler here. Like there's a lot of bullshit that <laughs> doesn't need to be in the movie." I like the uh, the burnt bacon that they always eat and oh, yeah. the sand tunnels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good times but uh, i know we're running long tonight and i know everyone has uh, stuff they got to do so we'll start to wrap things up here but does anyone have any final thoughts on pulse before we get to the social media and all that no <laughs> <laughs> you sounded <laughs> so defeated yeah. you were just like god no <laughs> no I- I'll just say, you know, I'm so glad that I picked this movie because this was still a fun episode, even though at first I was like, fuck you guys, I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, if I would, yeah, if I were to rewrite this, I definitely would have had it be like the whole neighborhood, like the whole neighborhood is infected and, you know, everybody in the neighborhood's getting like fried and, you know, electrocuted and you have all these fodder neighbors and like the telephone poles are falling down and like cars are crashing and like David and his dad can't get out of the neighborhood because there's like a ring of like wrecked cars and 
you know, fires and, you know, and kind of like up the peril of not only is like something that they can't see attacking them, but now they can't even like easily escape because, I mean, let's all face it. The, the movie would have been over. They just, they just went to a hotel. <laughs> right. They, they could have actually had like a gated community like you guys were talking mm-hmm. about. And like the gates are powered by electricity. So yeah. they could have literally been trapped in the like in the, the neighborhood, yeah. which would have been fucking cool. I think, so I think it's a cool idea. I think so. I, th- I think that there was a lot of potential here. It just they didn't nail it. But again, when I was a kid, I sympathized with David and Stevie you know, not that my parents were divorced and I was in that situation, but just in terms of, you know, I I had, you know, friends like that and I, you know, I spent a lot of time alone and it was just a, it was a fun movie that I thought, like I said, it, uh, the tension of the movie really worked for me. And, and I've mentioned it before that I'm a big fan of atmosphere in horror mm-hmm. movies. Like I love a haunted house movie. I love a ghost movie because I don't always need the gore and the guts and the monsters. Like I'm happy with just, you know, goosebump tension and I think that as a kid, this worked for me. As an adult, eh, it didn't really hold up, but I still think the climax does. And I'm glad we got a chance to watch it. So, uh, yeah, uh, half a thumbs up, I guess. <laughs> I will say this. I, I will say that I enjoyed watching this more than I enjoyed watching The Strangers for this show. Because um, I fucking hate <laughs> okay. that movie. I hate that movie with a passion. <laughs> All right. And, like, I almost was angry that we had to cover The Strangers. Now, granted, I enjoyed making that episode, but I was kind of angry. I was, like, hate-writing my notes. <laughs> I was just, like, pissed off the entire time. At least with this, I was laughing. Like, I was like, wow, this is silly. You know, so it's not that I, I vehemently hate this movie. I was just bored. You know, like, there was just a lot of moments that I was bored. Would I recommend this movie? I actually would recommend this movie to younger horror fans. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people Caleb's age, like, you know, like the, the, I would say like the 10 to 15 crowd, I'd be like, yeah, this is a fine movie to watch. Like it's, it's not super scary, but it has moments that are like, Ooh, that's kind of freaky. That's a little creepy. Um, and it's interesting enough that I want to know what happens next, but it didn't follow its own rules, which pissed me off. And I've commented on many, many episodes. If you don't follow your own rules, you piss me off. Um, <laughs> You know, and I, I do think that it waited too long to get to the good stuff, like we discussed. So, but yeah, I, I'm not saying that this movie is god awful. It's just definitely uh, not my cup of tea, personally. Um, but so we'll jump into the social media here. If you guys are not following us, uh, we are the Boogeyman's Closet on both Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we no longer have Twitter or X or whatever. Eventually, I'm just going to stop saying that altogether. Um, we do have a Patreon. It's $3 a month for all of our unedited episodes, and the higher tiers will get stuff in the mail and birthday picks such as this. Um, we are also part of the Rad Pantheon, and as Josh is the Professor X of our Rad Pantheon, I'm going to toss it over to you, Josh, if you want to give any plugs and talk about the Pantheon. Yeah, for sure. Definitely check out redpantheon.com and at redpantheon on all the typical socials. I kind of add a few more social programs uh, this year or platforms like uh, Slasher TV or, I don't know, Mastodon or Blue Sky. I don't know, one of those. But either way, Blue, uh, Red Pantheon's out there. It's a super team collective of uh, awesome people doing awesome stuff. And there are podcasters, musicians, artists, uh, you name it, sculptors. So definitely go check out some of the art projects at redpantheon.com. Um, one of those is Raised by Rentals, the podcast, Mike, that you and I do, where we examine franchises of the VHS era and see how we can improv, improve our own fanfic stories to about movies, TV, and games we love. Indeed. That's always a good time. 
And then uh, we also have another uh, podcast on there that Mike, uh, that you handle. And, and which, which one is that, if you want to give any plugs? Count Creepyhead Saturday Morning Monster Mash. That's Creepyhead with a K. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Slasher.tv, and anywhere you listen to a podcast. It's a podcast where adult man children talk about toys and be idiots and have fun. And just if you had fun with this, you'll have fun with Count Creepyhead Saturday Morning Monster Mash. I was going to say, for anyone who has never listened, uh, just know that Werner Herzog and Kermit the Frog are best friends. Yep. Um, that, <laughs> that, that, that explains. I was just, I'm sorry. I was okay. just about to jump in and say that. I was like, if you don't give a shit about toys like me, you can just listen in for Werner Herzog and Kermit the Frog. <laughs> we have uh, a crazy friend, the other Josh, that we just feed prompts to and let him go crazy. And that's it's what a, happens. It's a beautiful thing. And, and, and I I don't know how many of the raw edits that that he sends to you as well, Mike, but sometimes I get some random stuff sent to me in the middle of the night of him doing impressions that are just fucking amazing. Yes. I fucking love it. It's um, bizarre. But yeah, and, and, and he and I are launching a new podcast shortly. Uh, actually, by the time you hear this we may have the social media up. Um, it might be soon after thereabouts. Like it, we're, we're hoping to launch in February. Um, so by the time this will be on February 3rd, that you'll hear this episode. So I'm hoping if it's not out by then, it'll be out in like the coming week. Uh, so just yet another podcast that'll be on the red Pantheon. So definitely check out the red Pantheon. Um, and for anyone who wants to watch the next movie before we cover it, uh, it'll be episode 209. It'll be my birthday pick VFW. So definitely check that out. It is, I highly recommend it. It's a really fun movie. But uh, all right, guys, I think with that, we're going to wrap things up here. So as always, this is Mike saying goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, follow us on Instagram at The Boogeyman's Closet, where you can stay up to date with everything we have planned. Thank you.